Disclaimer, the following boundless pub trap episode contains strong opinions that some listeners may and will find offensive. If you cannot accept or respect others with a differing opinion from yours, then fuck off. Streaming from the Midwest, right in the middle of the U.S., from Omaha, Nebraska, you're listening to the Boundless Pod Trap, your entertainment podcast, where we touch on all topics, from the crazy and absurd to the sacred and profane, and even the useless and unnecessary. The Boundless Pod Trap knows no bounds, and now, here are your hosts... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. I hope it's good for you. This is Jeremy. Justin. You cut me off there. Sorry, Jesus. I I had a nice intro all planned out, and you jumped the gun. I'm just like you're known to do. And you ruined the very first thing. I was just going to say that our very first topic is the most important one, and today is your birthday, Justin. Thank you. Happy 47th birthday. I, You know, you, you're as old as you feel, uh, and I don't feel 47, nor does my birth certificate reflect that. I, I'd say I'd say you'd look good for your age, but you're ugly as fuck. This is... That is mean. Things you say are hurtful. You look like the creator character. Like... Like <laughs> I'm a video like game. Really <laughs> like a default. <laughs> because you're just plain. You're just smooth everywhere. <laughs> Like they started, they put the gray shirt on you, and they're like, no. Nah, huh. Like, I just want to play the game. Oh, we got Mike, Mike already. He's laughing. <laughs> well, you're not too much. They just put a beard on you when they were done. <laughs> oh, but anyways, no, happy birthday, for real. Well, thank you. You're it's 35, a, correct? That's I am 35. Day. Welcome to the old fucks crew. July 20th. <laughs> Happy birthday to all the other people who share birthdays. One of the guys we've talked about before, his birthday is today, too. Uh, Sir Wayne, not Gretzky. Oh. I thought you were going to say Paco, but I was like, I know for no, a fact no. Paco's birthday is in November. Or May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Stop it. No, that's, I can't say that. I'm sorry. Wayne Gretzky? No, I don't know. Oh. It's Carlos Santana's birthday. It's, uh, what's his name, the, the guitarist from Pearl Jam's birthday. It's, uh... We landed on the moon on my, this birthday. Well, uh, happy birthday, everybody. One of my, everybody. One of yeah. my, the dragon died on this day, too. Bruce Lee. Your fault. They really? say like every him. time someone dies, someone has to fill their place. So, I mean, sorry. Well, it was 12 years later for me. So somebody 12 years before me is Bruce Lee reincarnated. Elvis hmm. died on my birthday, like my actual birthday. Your actual so, Elvis? Yeah. Nice. Maybe. Man, I don't know of any. I can't dance either. I don't know of any celebrities that died on my birthday. I'm going to have to look that up. I've looked at celebrities that have been born on my birthday, but I, I can't even remember who they are right now. But no, uh, so are, are you doing anything special for your birthday? Uh, I was going to check out one of the little VR little shenanigans. There's a place up in the Benson area that has a VR loop game type of thing. I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't been there yet, but uh, I've heard a few good things about it. Somebody was checking it out while they were in their test run, and there's like this one thing where you go up an elevator and then you walk out of the plank, but like 
as long as it takes going up the elevator, your senses are kind of immersed into it. And then it, it sounds like you die on everything, though. So hmm. like, there's a zombie thing, which is what I wanted to check out, and I haven't checked out the loop. I just stopped at the zombie one. And you'll probably get COVID. Possibly. I'll wipe it down. At least you won't see yourself getting COVID. It shine. Oh. Well, no, that's uh, that's great. Happy birthday to you for real. Thanks. Um, Let's move it on. So I do want to start off by giving a special shout out to some businesses. I want to give a shout out to Kohl's, Target, CVS, Kroger, Best Buy, Costco, Dollar Tree, Sam's Club, Starbucks, Walgreens, and the big boy themselves, Walmart. I want to congratulate them on finally doing the right thing and requiring customers to wear masks in their store to try to help stop the spread of this coronavirus. So I applaud them, and I do want to give a mention to Menards, but they get a special message shout-out because Menards has been requiring people to wear masks for a while now. So, yeah, that's my thing with them. I just wanted to give a shout-out to them because I think it's about it, – yes – very much so. I think it's about time that these businesses, especially Walmart, take this seriously to try to help the spread. And this is a way for all those whiners that don't want to wear a mask. Now they can sit at home and do nothing. Help the spread? Or help contain the spreads. It's like when so. people were like, you know, is this good for ants? It's like, no, that's terrible for ants. Uh, that'll kill them. <laughs> like ants like your mom or dad's sister? No, not that. Uh, like... Creepy crawler. So, yeah, your mom or dad's sister. (laughs) (laughs) That's my uncle. He's a creepy. That's gross. Not you. So what have you been up to, Lonnie? Oh, man. So my Friday was awesome. I I got on Netflix, and if you guys haven't seen the musical What About Dick, it is fantastic. It's got Russell Brand. It's got Eric Idle. It's got uh, Billy Connolly. It's got Tracy Ullman. It's got... Eddie Izzard. Basically, it's like a movie for radio, like they used to do in the 30s and 40s. So my Friday was great. I had a roll in the hay. It was by myself, but a roll in the hay is a roll in the hay. Welcome and, to my world. And then I and then I woke up on Saturday. I had some cinnamon rolls. My day was going great. Moxley was good and rolling around. It was a great day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get started on my homework early. I pulled out the call sheet for this podcast and my weekend was fucking ruined for what we had to do for this episode. I'm a little scared. You know, and and this is, this is my, my main topic here. I pick out the, the lineup and what all the segments we do each week, but we have a little group messenger on Facebook. And anytime one of us has an idea for a, uh, a topic, we put it in there, and then I just kind of – I try to spread the wealth. Uh, if you notice, like each of us kind of takes turns being the lead host, and whoever the lead host is, I try to make, gear it more towards their topics. But, yeah, tonight, a lot of this is mine. I think there's only one segment that's not mine, and that's our next segment that Justin will be in charge of. But, yeah, this main topic is going to be not so ha-ha funny type of uh, topic. We'll get more into it later, but yeah, we're, we're going to have some laughs and some fun up until that point, but I'm uneasy of how it's going to go. Right, and and me being the way I am, we all kind of take different roles when we have a big topic like this, and I I did my role, and I dived into a section of the, the main topic that kind of, I don't know, we'll, we'll get into it when we get into it, but it was, it wasn't fun. 
Definitely not. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't clean, and it kind of it made my weekend poopy. See, I do all of my research in the mornings when I have the free time, when I don't have the the kids around. And that's how I start off my morning. So that kind of puts a damper on the day, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's interesting because this. I mean, I guess we, we'll we'll talk about. It. I'll, I'll mention what it is. It's um, it's a murder case. Chris and Shanann Watts. Uh, this is back in 2018. This this Chris Watts murdered his wife and his two young daughters and his. I should mention his wife was pregnant. Oh, we're just um, we're just doing this segment. No, now. no. I, I was just saying. You know, it's 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 a very interesting murder case, and we'll get into that later. But I felt this would be good to talk to with you guys because you know, Justin, you have two daughters and Lonnie just became a dad. So to get like a father's perspective on this would be interesting, but we'll get into that later. You know, Lonnie, you mentioned that show on Netflix, which you told me to watch and you know, I probably will, but I go to my, uh, my, my sister's house at least a couple times a week and visit with my niece and stuff like that. Well, last night she introduced me to this show on Netflix called the floor is lava. Oh. Have you guys seen that? It is. It, in retrospect, you listen to it and you're like, "This show is going to be amazing," and then you watch it and it's like a two dollar hand job. <laughs> it is the biggest letdown. It's. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I I feel that if you're gonna say it's fun, I'm like, it would be fun to do. It would be yeah. fun to do because it's stupid. But I I feel like I mean, I watched the first three episodes and I mean it was it was entertaining to watch. It's just you know. You, I think it's going to become redundant, and it's, yeah, they switch up the theme of the room, but... Like, on a good note, it changes the climate of what's going on, so it's like, ah, you can just close your your brain off and enjoy some stupidity or whatever. It's like, I was always big into, like, these, you know, Ninja Challenge. I grew up on MXE, mostly Extreme Elimination Challenge. And that was fun, because it had, like, a a humor element to it. But the floor is lava. It's like blue balls. Like, you you get, like, two teams... And they just go through one room. Like, if they sped it up and, like, did shortcuts, like, uh, here to here to here, you don't need to hear the family debating, like, I need to go here. Right. There's so much useless television. You can cut a lot of that down. Where if they cut a lot of that out and had, like, maybe six teams go through it. They don't have a, a proper host to... Right. right. They have a dude guess. that comes out for like 15 seconds at the end. Like, it's all on you it's guys. Like, you Fuck guys won. Congratulations. Blah, blah, blah. It's like Toad in Mario yeah. levels one through seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> the princess is in another castle. You like, just watched it happen? Such I, a cock tease. I didn't really know what to expect with it, but my sister said that my niece always does the floor is lava, so she thought it would be interesting for us all to watch. I thought like they were gonna compete like different levels and like if somebody fell in the water and only two of them made it in the team, well, only two of them are gonna be on the next level. But there yeah, isn't a next. There level. isn't there no. unless, unless they have that person like, just six. dies. <laughs> so what I think you should do is eliminate one of those rooms at your work and make it a floor. So well. you say that. But I literally texted my boss last <laughs> night and I said, "Hey, if you have a chance and you have Netflix, you should watch." The floor is lava because I said that would be a cool idea if we had the room to do it in addition to our escape rooms that we have at work. But he responded back and basically said, oh, Jeremy, he's just like, that's my kid's favorite shows. <laughs> and so he's, he pretty much called me a little seven-year-old, which Rude. sometimes. Yeah, right? But no. Well, I mean, I don't hate the show 
as much as you do, Lonnie. You should. I, I think it's it, it's it's something interesting to watch. Is it something that I'm going to watch religiously? No. Well, the thing but... was, I was so excited about the premise of the show. Like, it was awesome. It's American Ninja Warrior and our childhood. It's like Guts, like extreme Guts. Do you remember Guts growing up, like on slimed. Nickelodeon? It's like the aggro crag mixed with your childhood. And then you watch it, and it's like, this is like watching three high school gym teachers try to go across so is this just a pool. A, is this our first season of it? In their only season, hopefully. <laughs> I th- I th- they could learn from it. I, yeah, I, I think save th- I think, their money. I think there's something to it. Like, like I do like the concept of it. Live piranhas or something. Up the stakes a little bit. Well, I want to know a what that lava is made out of, because I, I thought it was just water with like red and orange lights under it but when like it would spray up at them and get on them it looked like chunky afterbirth or something like that it's got some viscosity to it like there's something slimy in it yeah yeah but it's connected to the sewer system they just color it well you know we got a lot to talk about tonight so let's let's get into our first topic and actually justin's going to take this one over because it's another movie review and this is a movie that he suggested called Lake Mungo, um, which Lake Mungo. Lonnie and I watched as, a, I guess, homework for this week's episode. So, Justin, I'll let you take it away and why you pick that movie. Well, see, I actually learned something about myself picking this movie and putting this on the docket to go through. I'm very big into these sorts of movies that just kind of leave you hanging. That It's not necessarily a horror movie, but it is kind of a scary I don't know. What, what, what's your guys' take as far as what would you put it under? Mockumentary? Genre. The movie had more twists than a Chubby Checker song. <laughs> <laughs> and those have a lot of twists. It, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. You obviously, you classify it as, as horror, but... I would say it more as like a psychological yeah. thriller. It is a maybe? psycho psycho thriller. Like It, it really works or, or plays on like your, your psyche for sure. And I think personally, it's just like this unsettling feeling that you're, you're kind of left with. And the first time I watched this, it fucked me up. Like, I, I think I was kind of thinking about it the whole time. And it's not like jump scares. There's yeah. only like one thing in there that's kind of scary, and you see it coming. So it's like, yeah. what is that? Well, so for the listeners, Big basically, ba- basically, this is one of the eight films to die for. Back in 2008 was when this was released, I believe. Uh, 2008 or 2009, yeah, something and, like that, and, depending on when it got to the States. And it's basically a fake documentary. Done very well. Yes, very, very, very well. well. We'll uh, give Lake Mungo that. Like, if you didn't know it was a movie and you put it up against a lot of the documentaries on Netflix now, you wouldn't know it yeah. wasn't. It's fantastically right. done. I mean, the, I the guy who did this, this is he, Joel Anderson. This is the only movie that he's done. There's like, what happened to him? Nobody knows. I think he, I don't like, even know if that was like his real name. Lake Mungo? He, I don't think he's done spinning. Well, I mean, that it's. I had to Google to see after I started watching it was it a real documentary or was it fake? And, you know, it, it was fake. But so basically, it's about a girl that disappeared and when she was on like a family vacation with her mom, dad, and brother, and she drowned and they found the body, but then like her ghost was haunting the family and stuff like that. And it's. It, like there's a line inside like the dreams and yeah. certain other psyche. We pretty much follow the Palmer family. So Alice is the main character. You follow her life. So she takes this trip with uh, some friends on one summer and she comes across this very 
shocking event, and it just kind of messes with her. She visits a psychiatrist. Uh, they get a few recordings and, you know, some, some guided meditation. And, yeah, what I uh, – how, how do I put it? Um, well, you're kind of getting off chronological order here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's not ruining anything, knowing that she's she died because that's what the the story. We're gonna ruin. Just spoiler spoilers. We're gonna ruin this movie. There's no way of talking about this movie without ruining the movie. Right. So if you don't want this movie to be ruined, just go ahead and fast forward through this section. You will appreciate this movie if you haven't seen it before. But if you have seen it or you have no intention of watching this movie, keep listening. But we can't not ruin it without talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Going back to why did I pick this, I think one of the biggest influences on my upbringing was I was big into, like, magic. And I think this follows the key components of displaying a magic trick. If you go back to, like, the Prestige movie and the, what's his name, the, the Alfred character from Batman in oh. there, he pretty much explains of the... Christian uh, Bale? Not, not Christian Bale, the Alfred character. Oh, the the older the guy. Old guy. Yeah, he pretty much explains how like you set it up with like the pledge. You give the person a promise, and going through that, that's kind of like the extended opening scene. They're relaying all the facts and stuff like that. So so it leads you in. It pulls you in because it's filmed like a documentary. It seems so realistic, so it's easy to guide along with it. You can just shut your mind off and like, holy crap, this you know. And then after the pledge or the promise, you have the turn. So. There's all these misdirections and certain elements that come into play, and you don't know exactly which to follow, and certain events that take place, it coincides with, I guess, the timeline. So after the turn of events, then there's the final prestige, the reveal, or connecting full circle, and just the, I guess, the ending part of that. Man, I think that's what blew me away. Well, and using the the magic analogy, too, there is a huge misdirection in the middle of it that takes you so far off what you think is real. And then within that misdirection, there's a completely different misdirection that almost leads you back to your original idea and then brings you back to that mystique. It all wraps itself around in in a neat little puzzle with altering timelines and altering like scenarios planes yeah of existence i should say i mean i like the movie but i almost felt it was too busy i think that there was too too many twists like you know the the threesome with the neighbor the um that's in there her brother brother, you know faking all the things and all it's just like like you said you were going one way and then it's misdirects you another way and then it's like it misdirects you again like i just felt like there was a little too much in there but again i still recommend the movie i think it was great there's subplots for all the characters i mean not so much russell the dad so you have alice the main character you have june the mom you have russell the dad and you have the brother who is matt and then there's other characters involved but these are the main characters that we're going to go through so the mom she never necessarily had a relationship with alice Kind of like how her relationship with her mom was next to nothing, but her mom, the grandma, had kind of a relationship with Alice. Right. You know, she was there for her. She was the mother that she wanted but couldn't be, June, the mom. But as far as, like, the son, he was holding on to something, and he, his 
purpose was pretty much to give his mother closure. That's why he brought you know the sister back into play. Right. He was the architect of the right. whole thing. Yeah. You know, and the father Russell got closure when he went to the morgue and verified that that his daughter. And so for him, he was trying to get too busy in his work and just life goes on. And you know, he was not necessarily fine, but he well, he had his closure. Right. I was just thinking, and Michael saw this part of the movie with me. And we both kind of laughed at it. One thing was when they went and dug up the daughter. Her possessions, yeah. Or not. What what her. what century were they living in? She had like a freaking the worst wood coffin there was. It looked like it was made by like a woodsmith in the old west. It's like this family couldn't afford to put her in anything better than just like a a wood box that looked like it was falling apart. Can't go wrong. They do with things wood, a little different in the outback. I guess Can't so. Go wrong with I wood. I don't know. I but, study all your moves. <laughs> um. I think overall, I like this movie because it's it's unique and it's different. It's it's kind of in its own category to me. You know, like Blair Witch to me was the trailblazer for found footage uh, movies, and nothing will ever compare to that. And I feel like this, if you call it a mockumentary, whatever it is, this fake documentary, I think it set the standard for those kind of films. For sure. And it's baffling that the director hasn't done anything since then. <laughs> I feel like that's part of the prestige. That's right. crazy. I don't even know if he was working under his full name or his real name. Right. He's he could just have been using a, 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 a pseudonym. Yeah. yeah. Did he do anything before that movie? There was like a short film that doesn't have like any anything to it. I think it was a short film. I don't know if it was. I don't know if there was too much in, or, or information on that. It's on like an IMDb, but this was like the first and only completed film. It seems like. Oh. Bravo. And I like to, I like to analyze certain things. Like it starts off, this movie starts off as like the family going backwards in their vehicle to home into, to the, um, well, at nighttime. And for me, that kind of signifies like it's a family's journey and they're, they're going through the dark. They're trying to search, you know, home is as far as like their closure. But that was like symbolic to the, the, the prefacing of the, the entire film. Well, and I like the last shot to that picture where the three of them are standing outside the house. Oh, yeah. And then kind of it just slowly zooms into the window of the house and you see the figure just in there. I was like, that's creepy. I like it. I'm assuming that picture was taken the day that they were leaving and moving. So it's kind of like she's right. watching her family leave. That was kind of a, the sad thing because she had her going back to like the relationship with her mom. It's she struggled even in life to try to connect to her. If you see like the the footage of them on their beach and she's trying to you know play do a little hand you know motions and stuff and the mom kind of does something but they just part their own ways. You know it's like they get so close and then they're so far again and like in death she was always there. So this is one of the intense parts of it. So after the death, the mom goes to see the psychiatrist who knew that the daughter Alice was having these vivid dreams. There's a quote I want to, uh, they say it a few times in the film. Alice Palmer, the main character, I quote, she says in her diary, I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me, but it's on its way and it's getting closer. And that sets the entire thing up, I believe. As for her, she's slowly making her way into that dark on that day, Lake Mungo, and she sees what is herself bloated how she was found drowned. She sees her own death. And that was like the biggest, what the fuck? You know, like, right. Yeah. And she relayed this to her psychiatrist and the psychiatrist took her through a guided meditation 
to try to get to the source of it. And what happened was she was put back into her house. You know, like he wanted her to start from her house, open the door, see what's happening. And she's seen her empty house. And so she feels something is wrong and she wants to go talk to her mom. But the air in the room feels like there's something horrible that happened and it's to her and she there's nothing that she can do. So later... Her mom goes through the same guided meditation that the psychiatrist put her through, and when she goes through the, the empty house, she says she doesn't see anything in there. And that's I'm kind of messing this up a little bit. But at the very Stupid. end, yeah, I know. At the very end, the mom actually goes into the room, you know, cleaning up, taking like the last thing, shutting the door. But if you go back to uh, Alice's recorded meditation, she says she's trying to talk to her mom, but her mom doesn't see her. Well, I was just going to say that. Like, And they, they play her recorded audio oh, as really? it shows the mom doing exactly what she's saying. So I thought that was a very interesting little uh, twist in the movie um, as well. I, I feel like this movie was took a while to write. I mean, there, there's a lot of deep meaning to it. And for the most part, everything in the movie happens for a reason. Like I said, my only gripe is that I think it's too busy. There's too many things going on. Like, I, I feel like that, that threesome part could have not been in the movie. And I think that was integral to the part of understanding her daughter, June, understanding her daughter. That's kind of what she was trying to get to because, well, in Australia, the age of consent is pretty much her age. So she used to watch, Alice used to watch her neighbor's kids and, you know, over at their place, and I guess something happened where they had pretty much a threesome. It was a threesome sex. No, no, not her and the kids. No, no. Her and the, the parents, parents of yeah. the kids. She the neighbor's parents. <clears throat> Let's clarify that. <laughs> yeah, so, and there was a recorded tape, but Alice had this tape, and she hid it in the fireplace, which was revealed later, uh, I want to say through Alice's ghost, revealing that to her mom, and that's what they found. So it's like... She and these neighbors actually moved out soon after the death, so they were like nowhere to be found. They fell off the the face of the earth. Well, something too that the movie really does, and something they do very smartly is there's a thing that your eyes do. It's called uh, pareidolia. It's where you, the movie itself, when they go to the the film or the tapes they have or the pictures the sun takes, what pareidolia is, it's your eyes take the fuzziness of an image that's in the background and it tries to make an right. image out of that like, fuzziness. So you're already having difficulty with the background of images trying to create an image. And what the movie does perfectly is it just shows right. random it images. It zooms into that. Right, and it's like, what do you see here? Like, it gives you the imagination of... There's, there could be something here. Right. It just does it a couple times throughout the movie where it makes your imagination run just from an actual condition that the human brain right. does. It's like we're pattern-seeking machines, people. I guess our brains are. We'll see like animals in the clouds and stuff like that. But there's a few misdirections as far as the brother's motivation where he dresses up as his sister or at least put like a coat on or something yeah. like that and walks into the dark, and then they review that footage, and they're like, and he admits to it that that was me. But then they're like, well, wait a second. Reviewing this film again, there's somebody else in here, which was the neighbor right. at one point trying to review the tape. the tape. And then, so they went into a whole different investigation, like, what is this, you know, and that kind of wraps things around. Well, and then even also at the lake where it happened or whatever, that guy in the background, you see a silhouette, and you think it's her. And then wasn't it another couple had like a video camera at the same time and they 
found out that at a different was, angle. It was her brother her just going there wearing like the sister's jacket or something right. like that. So. Like, don't you got something better to do? It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a weird movie. Like, right, yeah. All in all, it, it, it's different. Like, and that's, that's good. I mean, granted, it came out in 2008. I believe it was 2008. But yeah. I mean, considering all the stuff that comes out that's just like reboots and stuff like that, this was great because it was something different. It was fresh, unique, and I enjoyed it. And if you guys are interested in watching, you can find it on Amazon. It's also for free because I I was looking on all the different all apps, Amazon. the streaming apps, but I got to watch it for free on the Tubi app, T-U-B-I. It's on there for free. So if you want to watch it there, that's a free app to download and you can watch it for free. But So out of 10 stars, what would you guys give this? You know, in terms of it being a scary movie, I wouldn't say it was scary at all, but in a disturbing movie, I'd probably give it a four or five. Four and five? Yeah. See, I'm big into like those mind rapey movies that just really messes with you. I would have to give it a nine and a half. Really? Yeah. Bold con. I, I was going to, I'll probably, I'm going to meet you guys both in the middle there. I'd give it like a six or a seven. Oh, yeah. I, when, I, it kept my attention right. the whole time. I think uh, for me, mainly because I, I revert back to, this is what I've kind of discovered about myself is like putting this next to like the whole magic premise. So I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, I do like that. And I, I love, like, figuring things out, watching something to see if I can figure out the ending before it actually happens. And then when I can't, I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, you mess me up. But there's a few movies like that that I have a few friends who are like, you know, what's a good scary movie? That's like, this is, like, one of the first movies I always recommend. Really? Check out this one. Check out this I'm one. I'm good at predicting the end of uh, Pornos. I'm always <laughs> right. He ejaculates. Huh. Always happens. But where? I'm actually pretty good at that, too. In the library. <laughs> Turns out I'm not. <laughs> oh. It's never, it's, so, it's never in, the, in the library with the candles. <laughs> or was it? Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So you, you're honestly telling me you don't have that sound effect on your soundboard over there? The dun, dun, dun. He's got, got every goat ejaculation at him. Let's do our own sound effects. Mr. <laughs> sound effect, you have 800 sound effects over there. Just, we, we give him a softball. We lob that. I'm into shit. this, you know? Well, like, we did it for Mike. He doesn't have headphones. And he he left. It's uh, He's like boring. So that why was, do I even hate this? That was another movie review. Uh, we're going to have to get like record some hokey entrances for our segments mm, that mm, we're doing. Movie review. Exactly, mm, yeah. Mm, 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 so I guess the next one's going to be yours because oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what you're going to bring to the table. <laughs> Babe, pig in the city. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, really? all right. So that's going to move us to our next segment, which is a new segment that we're going to see how it goes, and it's called What If? Now, basically, all three of us picked out a scenario or something of what if something happened or what if this didn't happen type of thing each of us are going to go around i'll start it out since this is my idea for the segment to kind of get it going i'll present the what if scenario we'll talk about it get your guys's first initial thing i have some questions within the what if scenario so i didn't spend any time on this <laughs> i have a piece of paper that says notes <laughs> so all right so we're going to start off with with my what if so Mine is, what if Elvis Presley never died? What if he never left the building, so to speak, and lived a long life to be like in his 80s or 90s before he died? Now, he died on August 16th, 1977, so he didn't even get to see the 80s. So, How old was he when he died? 
Uh, he's in his 50s, 50s, 42. Oh, really? I thought he was older than that. 42. I thought he died on my actual birthday. I was not born in the 70s. Oh, yeah, that's why, because before when you said that, I was like, ah, uh, I think you're mistaken. He died on my birthday, not my birthday Just, year. Yes. So, uh, what if he never died? I don't think he would have, uh, I think dying young sometimes makes you much more memorial, mem- more memorable, mem- memorable. Memorable. Thank you. Words are hard. We know. That's why yeah. this you're, you're much more you. legendary if you can die at your prime. Although he wasn't at his prime prime. I mean, like, he, knowing how he died, yeah, that's... Uh. I mean, he was... When he died, he was bloated and, like, he right. looked... He looked like he was in his, like... Have you ever tried an Elvis? What? The peanut butter banana burger? Yeah. Oh, that zombie it's burger? fantastic. I the tr- undead Elvis? Yeah. I, I tried it at zombie burger before I was Have you ever ate it the correct way? On the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've the only way lot, to enjoy I've it. I've ate a lot of food on the toilet before, but bet most of the time it's because the second it goes in, it runs out. Yeah, that's me with most foods. So, you know, one of my things is so he died in 77. Now, Music he was, was really changing in that he, time. It was. Period. And he, he was a trailblazer. Like, you know, he a lot of his music, he had, it was kind of more like a gospel style that he would soul do. Rock. Soul, yeah. yeah. And he introduced the world to a lot of like edgy stuff, like the pelvic thrust and he helped pelvic sways and stuff. He, he was more about like creating music, like acoustic and all that stuff. I honestly believe that Elvis would have hated the 80s music because that's when synthesizers and stuff came in. Right. And it kind of, not necessarily like was a cheating way to make music, but it made it easier. A little easier, where you're just pressing a button as opposed to actually having to hit the notes and stuff. To learn a chord. and Yeah. yeah. Even though I lo- 80s is like, I love 80s music. It's like my favorite. But I do think once the 90s would have rolled around, I think he would have found a little bit more common ground with some 90s music because I think a lot of bands brought back like acoustic guitars and stuff like that but music of today like the rap rock and stuff like that ooh, I don't know I, I don't think Elvis would have appreciated a song yeah, about man. like beating the pussy up and uh, all that kind of stuff beating the pussy. licking the crack the neck whatever your pussy in the crack all that stuff well now let's be fair though Let's look at the people who did live through that era and who still are renowned musicians like Johnny Cash. Like, Johnny Cash lived through that era and did it very well. But can you really compare Johnny Cash? I'm Absolutely. not saying they weren't, like, on the same level, but, like, yeah. their styles and stuff were a lot different. Like, I don't think they had a lot in common to where... But, yeah. I mean, Cash kind of went, I, I'm not necessarily out of the way for a while. He did his own thing in his own area where he was known. But he did the gospel country. Yeah. Elvis did the gospel rock. You got to think what else came out in that 70s, that 77, 80 area. That was when punk rock came on. Well, So why wouldn't someone who was known for being a rebel and a rock star not rebrand him and try to do punk rock? Just because he's like fat and out of shape doesn't British mean invasion and. All that coming through, too. But Let me pose this question to both of you. We'll start with you, Lonnie. Who do you think Elvis, what musicians, bands do you think he would have mentored over the years? Oh, that's a tough question. I can see him. Of today? or of like From 80s, 90s, of that today, era, yeah. I can see him being of huge influence if he was still alive on people like Robert Plant or. Bopper? Big Bopper? Uh, yeah, you never know if Richie Valens would still be alive or 
that could have completely changed that whole scenario. See, I always envisioned Elvis like maybe Bruno Mars. I think he would have really appreciated Bruno Mars because he is... Very soulful, yeah. yeah. And I also, I don't know, I, I can't even explain why, but for some reason I feel like Elvis Presley would have liked... Michael Pearl, Jackson. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. That's a lot. Later of, a lot Pearl of Jam for sure. Yeah. I mean, he probably would have respected like what they were doing because you know, around like the whole grunge era, like they were meshing with other artists and. You know. Qu- quick, quick side note. I have to get this off my chest and then we'll get back to the scenario. Okay. So I went over to Justin's house the other day to drop off a memory card and I've never lied to a child before, but I had to lie to your daughter. <laughs> she came to the door and she's like, do you like my shirt? And I'm like, yeah, I love your shirt. And she came to the, the door wearing a Nirvana t-shirt and I fucking <laughs> hate Nirvana <laughs> with a fiery passion. I'm with you, Lonnie. But when a, when a, when a, when a young girl Stars in her eyes, beautiful young child comes to the door and says, do you like my shirt? And she's wearing Nirvana shirt. You fucking lie. I, you really don't. Ass off. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. That wasn't, but I have to say yes. I have to say yes. That wasn't his daughter. That was his wife. <laughs> I had to say yes. But inside, I'm like, you have to go home, take a bleach bath now. Was this, was this Zora, I'm yeah, assuming? Yeah, Zora. Yeah, she's... She's quite different, your daughter Zora. I remember when she was younger, like she was An, weirded out by what? Another, you know, Connie Chung? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Connie had, Chung. I had Did, to lie. This I is another side I'm note. sorry I oh, lied no, to your good. daughter, but. She's going to be pissed when she listens to One night, to this. I was tucking her in for bed. And I'm, <laughs> oh, this oh my is, God. And I'm like, all right, good night. And she's like, no, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm like, what? I Jeremy. Don't, no. <laughs> <Did> you do. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. He told me that. I'm like, what the fuck? He was at, he was under bed. <laughs> his, his, I felt like his daughter hated me, and then he tells me that story. I'm like, yeah, it's official. She hates me because like we would, boogie man. we would edit unemployed at his house, and it's just like, I don't know why we were like Connie Chung, and she's like, no Connie Chung, and it's just like, yeah, she. But now you you came into my work a while back, and it's just like. She was just talking a mile a minute, and I can't shut care. it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay. And we hadn't—I hadn't been over for a while at that point when she said that to you, which was kind of weird. But she would. Well, she's that. got some repressed memories. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> what did you? Do I then? swear I didn't do anything. But um, anyway, so it, it one, fit with our topic. One last question, and we can go on to Justin from here for his. But what do you think uh, Elvis Presley would have thought of his daughter marrying Michael Jackson? I think he might have approved because Michael Jackson, he had his hands, gloves, and so many different influences, too. I mean... I I, I compare Michael Jackson to Elvis Presley. Like, Michael Jackson was the Elvis Presley of the 80s. Yeah, he was an icon at that time. Personally, I grew up on Michael... He was my favorite. Like, any news article I I could find him. One of the Jacksons. Yeah. Like, touch me, man. <laughs> no, I, I can't want, say that. I want an amusement park. <laughs> you the always evidence, go there, Justin. The evidence was not, you know, yeah. Is that why you always wear a sequin glove? You're ignorant. Don't say yeah. that. That's ignorant. That's, uh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so let's go on to your what if. My what if was what if I didn't have... Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Um, what was my what if? So you can tell we're really prepared here. Pretty much. My what if was, what if we had like a certain number above our head? Like, what would you have yours be? 
Like how many people you've had sex with? How many people you've killed? How have you took a poop today? Uh, how would this change our society? Like if we can finally see something that's pertinent to your character, like what would you want that to be? So you get the number and then what it is above it. So like, just a number, you know. But but people don't know the number. What it stands for? It's just a random well, number. You know what it is, but because you it's yours. Would. But you can only have like one. One thing. But is it like a number and what the number represents, or is it it's just, just a, a number? Yeah. It's just a number, but you know what it represents. But no one else knows what it represents? Not so much. So everybody has, like, their own number. So it's like I can look at you and be like, oh, you, uh... So you could just lie about your number? Three years to live. Okay. Or it's your age, or, you know, yeah. So yeah. I could say, like, 42,000, and I could lie about it? Is that your power unit? I'd be like, I like that number. Yeah. What would you I don't do? know. I feel like it would be more interesting if they knew like, well, yeah. said what it was. You can tell them. You almost kind of took what I would say. Like, how many times I pooped that day. <laughs> 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 That's kind of what I'm thinking. That's what I had for lunch. That yeah. number could So how would it affect you? Like, I see you have two above you. It's like, oh, you pooped today. You're probably in a better mood today so I can approach this situation and you know, handle it in a different manner. But you don't so, know what it is, though, what the number represents, so... I know what your number is. I know, you know, like, but you know what my number is, but you don't know what it stands for. Yeah, I do. You just, I'm you so just, confused no. right now. So the numbers that you see above people, you know what that number is. You just said they didn't. No, no, the person. So I have, I have eight above my head. Yeah, but above the eight, it says whatever, how many times I pooped. Whatever my brain programs these numbers for is for that. So I'm seeing all these numbers. Whatever your brain programs, whatever for. So I look at you and I see eight above your head, and I know it stands for the number of women you've had sex with in your lifetime. I've had sex with so many. <laughs> I'm just trying so to. Many. I'm just trying so to understand many. this because I, I, I. Yeah. So basically, but, what he's saying is, you know what that number is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it a little bit different. Man, I feel like it's something that I'd have to think on for a while. Unless you know yours. I think it'd be beneficial. I think it would tell you the mentality of the person. Like if someone was walking around and you you could really tell that person on a deeper level. Like if you're walking through a crowd and you see someone and their number is like killed three people. It's like, stay the fuck away from that dude. Crossing the street. But, but you if get... you see a female that's like slept with 45 people, like now mentality-wise, it's like, well, I'm going to go hang out with that girl. Like, I might have a chance. That's of, just on a day-to-day. Do, do we get right? to pick what that number is, or it's just randomly up there, and you... Because it's just like, I feel like, why would somebody put, like... Well, the, the number is... Three people, that's the amount of people I've You killed. don't get to choose the number. Your actions choose what the number, or, or whatever... Yeah, like your lifestyle chooses what okay. the number's going to Okay, okay. I'm completely... I was thought we were doing a, something So did I. Stuff. I think we steered him in the direction so, of okay. the so, Yeah, I mean, God, that would kind of suck. I mean, you just... <laughs> You don't know what information is being relayed to other people looking at you. It's like it's yeah. like your your bank account You're, or something like that. You, like you wouldn't have skeletons you, in your closet anymore. It would that, be. It would make you have to be a better person. It would. It would. It, it really would. It would make you have I mean, to it's change another, your lifestyle. But so say if a cop saw you and it's just like uh, he killed a person. There's one over his head. He killed a person. Is the cop able to arrest you? Easy job. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a basically. It's pretty much proven. So that would have to definitely, yeah, like you said, Lon, you'd have to be a better person. Right. It would make you, that, you, it would, would make society better. This in a sense, I think too. But I also think people would judge you by your number too. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So like, it if it's totally like a, a, a political party, like one for this, will you for this? It's like okay. So it changes on the daily. You can change it. Well, like yeah, if you go to sleep with the mentality of like you see something that 
massively alters like your mindset like you're walking down the road and something happens and somebody kicks you in the dick and it's the next like day a, it's gonna pop up like people named jeremy i hate today what? it's like switching your screensaver it's like yeah i'll change it to this this sounds like something that trump is planning to make happen <laughs> like his space force or whatever it space is Space force zero they're, they're, they're working no on one's this. better than a, my space force they, they want people to get chipped don't they this could be a possibility I've always, it's funny you, you say that because I always thought growing up it would be kind of cool to be able to, and I think there was a, a movie that was something similar to this, but where you would be able to see what the opposite sex is thinking. Like there's a word bubble above their head, and what they're thinking it's is called, in that word bubble. What I mean, women want. But he hears them. <laughs> That's why I said it's kind of like it, but it would just be a better way because it wouldn't be as like voices in the head type of thing, but... It'd be interesting. I think, yeah, you would probably, it'd be a different world out there, and you'd there'd probably be less crime, and yeah, interesting. I'm glad it took us five minutes to get there, but <laughs> yeah, it just, we, we understood it now. Put out the Sometimes directions there. it takes a little bit of foreplay to get the uh, magic it happen. It does. All right. That's, I think that's all I got. Honey. I came up with this thesis over 15 years ago, and I've been waiting. My day, Jew. <laughs> Bad timing. I've been waiting to discuss this with people to discuss it with me for years. All right, I know Jeremy's, so I'm going to ask you a question before we get into this. What is something that you see on a regular basis or something that you hear on a regular basis or something that comes to you frequently or something you notice, Justin, something that you see that you you don't think someone else sees regularly, or that you notice regularly. Hmm. I know Jeremy. Jeremy sees eleven eleven everywhere. Oh, okay. Like a, or if I'm at Michael's, it's the Pornhub. I and we realized tonight that my porn is very picky. Like if it doesn't have dialogue in it and it's not catchy i'm over it i'm done with it and it has to be a nice penis like if it's a these two have this thing for like weird dicks like it has to be a nice dick to be these two (laughs) they picked the magic we're talking about this giving you time to think just they have the most mangled dicks ever it's like like you get hamburger in the tubes (laughs) looks like that what about your post that you put up earlier that we weren't going to be talking about dicks (laughs) i said it was a dick it's not necessarily like a symbol but i i I find that i anger myself by looking for it especially when i'm driving well because it's the only time i usually look for it is when i'm riding in a car it's like i always look for people doing like illegal turns no i don't not Uh, something you look for something you notice well i notice it all the time but not necessarily oh intentionally and unintentionally i'm like oh people making illegal turns yeah fucking <laughs> it's like you got your license you made a promise you're dishonest well, no no that that could be a thing so people making illegal turns is something yeah. that you you notice regularly yeah okay we can use that i feel like we're about to get like analyzed here we're gonna be crying no. <laughs> in a few minutes what are you writing down i'm writing 11 11 and illegal turns okay so here is my what if so what if we are all dead we are all this is, we have all died. So illegal turns is my torment. No, nope. L- listen. <laughs> so we are all. This is this is our last fleeting moment of life. Oh no! And what we are currently living in is our life flashing before our eyes. And every moment we have deja vu is us realizing that this is something we've lived. Why Jeremy sees eleven eleven 
is something he is noticing right now in his room. Why you are seeing people making wrong turns is because someone cut you off and that's how you died. That's the last thing you remember. What if that's what we're living right now? I am a very defensive driver. Uh, that would not happen to me. <laughs> so something with 11-11 killed me? Well, no, but like you're in a hospital bed. That's what time it is. Or you're in room 11-11. Like your nurse's board, you're in room 11-11. Or that's what time your, your next meds were supposed to come. And then you forget it all again. Man, that's like and then psychological I, shit right there. <laughs> drive into your asylum. And but you every over. time, like, you have deja vu. Like, you're going through your your normal life, and you're like, fuck, I swear I've done this before. That's just you noticing, like, wait, I've done all this before. And it's your mind coming back to the present of, oh, I've done all this before. This is just my life flashing before my eyes. And then you're out again. You're back to that plane of you fading away. Or deja vu. Just <laughs> or deja you vu. You point with those sound effects tonight. Or deja I've always thought deja vu could be your your other life. We're all reincarnated, so anytime you have like a deja vu thing, it's from your past life that you were living. And are you cut? That sounds like my mic was cutting out. Never mind. I thought you, you had your finger on the control there, a hole. Um, yeah, when when Lonnie came over the other day, I think Lonnie was on to something. I think we should. Just cut Jeremy out. Cut his mic out. Wah. <laughs> Awkward side. No, um, that's... Sorry. <laughs> I praise him once with the sound effects. And now, now we're fucked. It's the best. Every, everything is going to be a sound effect. Um, <laughs> it may be, your, nice way it may be saying, your birthday. Is this the way of you guys saying that my what if sucks and you just want to no, move it's, on? It's the, the thing I don't know how to wrap that the, around. What if that happens, then, we will, then we'll just do it again. The, right? prob the problem, and not necessarily a problem, but the thing with both of your guys' what ifs is like, it's really fucking psychological. And it's like you, you have to sit there for like several minutes to kind of like, wrap your head around it like okay like i don't it's not something that i could just answer like with the snap event. of the finger like, like if hitler lived like or like whatever, what yeah. if elvis lived it's like okay well hey, blah, blah, blah. but it's just like yeah you're i mean your guys is great but it's like yeah i almost have to think about it and next like episode next episode i have to come back with my answers then because <laughs> it's just trying to think of all these different things i'm like my mind how it is yours lonnie is making me think of like oh we could write a short film about this or a feature-length film about this and <laughs> make it really a psychological thriller i don't what, what is yours that you notice all the time lonnie uh it's a gray van it's a gray oh, minivan shit. maybe you were in the gray minivan that illegally turned and just <laughs> <laughs> there he is get him and i was Eating my ice cream on the corner at 11-11 when this happened. <laughs> and we're all here now. But what is Michael? What was he to this all? Why is he here? What is it something that... Oh, yeah, we're at his place. Okay. So, interesting. I, I really... I, I want to delve more into your guys's, but I feel like we need some time to, like, think about it. Like, that's some deep shit. You want to get inside us? Oh, nice. Deep? Like, it's a problem. Shit. Man. Well, what do you guys think of that, that segment? Is that something that we should bring back? One out of three. Uh, <laughs> well, the first one always sucks, right? Not the same, the first you. Yours suck, but I'm saying yeah. the first time we do it, it hurts. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be used to it next time. We'll have to use as much lube. We'll leave it to the uh, the two listeners out there, my sister and, <laughs> and that one guy. Uh, 
All right, so we're, we're going to move on here. Uh, we're going to do a little sponsor plug here, and I don't have my notes because we're actually at our sponsor's place. We're out of the studio on location, kind of. We'll just swivel the mic around. Plug your shit. Yeah. Come on. So, Shill it. Our sponsor is ML Image, who's been around since 2005. So he just celebrated his 15th anniversary here. Congratulations, Congratulations ML Image, and all the models he has shot over those 15 years. <laughs> but ML Image specializes in one. boudoir, ink, pinup, glamour, nude glamour, all that stuff. Go shot to our promos. Go, yeah, he did shoot our promo pictures. And I still feel uncomfortable with some of the ones that we shot. But that wasn't his doing. It was our doing. But, no, uh, you can check out his www.mlimage.com to see some of his work. As always, we do the give the warning that it's really not something that's safe for work. So if you're at your work listening to this and you're going to pause to go take a look at ML Image, I would triple look around to make sure nobody's looking. But you can also become a member of his uh, Patreon page, which is ML Image. How much is it a month since you're here? 10 20 and $30 are the tiers to his Patreon. I'm telling you, it is well worth it. He is one of the best. I'm not just saying that because he is a sponsor of the show. Uh, I've known him for about 10 years now, and, you know, I first reached out to him because I loved his work so much. But, yeah, ML Image, where image is everything. Yeah, he uh, he shot my wife and my mom. He What? Really, your mom? Oh. Yeah. Well, I, not my wife and my mom together, but like separately. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where to go with that. Um, that I just have to throw it out. That is the worst fucking segue ever. What? That was a little bit. You can't even hear it. Like, well, see, it's better when we know what you're doing, but when you catch us out. It sounds like we just dumped over a trash can or something like that. That raccoon's in the trash can again. I, I created that from scratch, guys. You did yeah, not. I, I did. That's my voice. I w- oh, it is not. Yeah. That's Paco. That's that's not Paco. This is Paco. Paco, Paco, give me Paco, Paco, Paco. Oh. Speaking of Paco, um, did you hear about what he did this weekend? No, I haven't either. talked to him he for a couple weeks. He hasn't talked to me all weekend. Oh. Okay, <laughs> great. Maybe we should reach out to him and make sure he's okay. I know he usually likes to travel this time of year a lot. He's, he takes about, like, two months off. He takes June and July off from work to go on vacations. But maybe with the whole COVID thing, he's not. I don't know. But he's got some tunnels he can reach. He's not doing flights. But, uh... Penis? He's getting away. He's getting away. Getting around. I feel like we're going to slip up on something one day and reveal something he doesn't want us. Because he's already talked to me about a few things. So, uh... It's nice to know that he listens to the podcast. Well, he has to approve things so for things to go through so yeah that's strange someone approving things and people listening to that approval <laughs> what? what 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 um you guys ready to play a game are we you oh are we gonna do this okay and stakes are high the winner has to register as a sex offender <laughs> i'm out <laughs> are you already oh justin you and your sex offender talk. No, we're going to play a game. You, by we, I mean Justin and Lonnie are going to play a game here for my uh, my topic, oh. which is a game. We're looking at the board that says segment four, Jeremy topic. It so, should say Jeremy game. What do we get if we win? So the winner of this game will be next week's, or excuse me, next episode's lead host. And you guys will get to pick three of the topics for that one 
That sounds like you don't want to do your job. <laughs> no, no, you still have to send it to me, and I'll put them in order. But you guys get to pick three topics of anything you want to talk about, and we at least have to, for studying purpose, we have to at least know two of them right. or one of them. So, so yeah, you guys are going to compete against each other today. Um, hang on, we're posing for a selfie. So this game, I don't really have a, a, a name for it, but it's we're just going to call it Movie Journal Excerpts. And what it is, I'm going to read to you guys five journal excerpts that I wrote, and you have to tell me which movie it's from and which character is writing this journal entry. How is your um, movie knowledge? Vast. Vast. I've Present day movies. Not as vast. I will okay, tell cool. you, I picked movies. These five movies are movies that everybody should see. Or should have seen, and if you haven't seen them, then you deserve to lose. I feel like you already know that most of mine is in the 90s. I'm sorry. I haven't grown up. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to start reading, and when you think you have it figured out, you say stop, and I will stop where I'm at, and then you will guess the movie and the character writing it, and if you're right, you get a point. If you're wrong, I will continue reading, and the other person can stop me at any time, and they can guess if they're wrong, then I will keep reading, and we'll go back and forth that way. Okay, Makes so we're, sense? we're guessing the movie and the character. And the character. Now, this, when I wrote this, it felt like it was really cool. This could be stupid and dumb and flop. I feel like... I can see that. I, yeah, I could too. <laughs> um, you, you can also... <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> I love it. All right, so this is the... Let's get uh, all these giggles out. This is the first can. one. Remember, you're saying stop, and the first person to say that, I will stop, and you will get Wait, to go. Wait, what happens if we both say stop? Can you tell our voices apart? Roll the dice. Well, between myself and Michael, we will determine, and Roll. you guys just have to go with Roll whoever we say. So, all right. So this is Do it. journal insert number one. Quite the adventure I had the last couple days. Best part about it is that I get to stay in the place I call home with mom, dad, and my brother. I didn't want to move, that's for sure. My friends live there. My life was in danger the more I think about it. Can you believe these people were after us? I've always been one for adventure, and I definitely took my friends on one. What started as a quest for treasure... Stop. Stop. Lonnie? Yeah. Uh, the Goonies? I was going to say and which character? Um, Simba. The cheerleader. You are incorrect. So I'm going to keep going here. And Justin, you can either listen to the whole thing, or you I can tell me to stop whenever... The other character who's not the cheerleader, I don't know any of the names, I'm sorry. I got to have a name. Uh, the pirate enemy. The enemy to the pirate. <laughs> no. All right, so I'm going to continue, and you guys can stop me at any time again. What started as a quest for treasure turned into an this adventure. My dad is to blame for the way I am, always telling me stories at night to help me stop. sleep. I know who it is. It's the Goonies, and it's the... Uh, God, what is his name? It's a him. It's not mm -hmm. one of the girls. Hold on. I'm if bringing you, up Google. If you don't know, no, no Google. <laughs> if you don't know the name, just kind of explain the character a it's little bit more. It's the main boy. Okay. It's the, he's the main Goonie. Do you his, know? His brother is. Give me the actor's name if you know that. It's, his brother is Cable from uh, okay. Deadpool. Deadpool. So I'm going to give it to you, Lonnie. His name is Mikey. Mikey from the Goonies. So that is Lonnie gets the first one. Both of us, because I helped him. <laughs> I helped him narrow it I down. said it when it came out of my mouth. I'm like, no, brother, you dipshit. Okay, here is movie journal excerpt number two. 
Aren't family vacations supposed to be fun? Growing up, my dad always made them fun and special, and I wanted to be able to do that for my son. Stop. Okay? Fuck. <laughs> the Goofy movie? Just tell me no. <laughs> Are you giving up your, your <laughs> guess? Is it the Goofy movie? Is it... Ah, fuck, what is his name? Goofy son. Uh, uh, I'm giving It's not the Goofy movie. I'm giving so. up. <laughs> All right, Lonnie, you can stop me anytime, so... I'll read that sentence again. Growing up, my dad always made them fun and special, and I wanted to be able to do that for my sons. I love going back to places I've already been to, more importantly, ones that my wife and I have been to together and can now share them with our boys. Plans quickly changed when some relatives surprised us and were going to join us on our family vacation. Undermining everything I had planned, from the dinners I cooked to the kind of boat I wanted to rent, even to how I build a fire. So annoying, but the whole vacation wasn't a bust. I did eat so much steak that the whole family got to eat for free and get some free gear. I should mention I now hate water skiing and horseback riding, but after a financial scuffle with family and a dangerous battle with nature, we ended up having a nice time and grew somewhat closer with our family, both figuratively and literally. Is that that? Uh, Let him guess, and then you can have another guess, Justin. I think Michael knows it. Stop. Okay, I did stop. <laughs> I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Uncle Buck. You are very close. Very close, my friend, but that is not correct. Justin? I was going to say the character actor was Dax Shepard, but... No. Sorry. You get one more guess, Lonnie, and then I'm going to give hints. National Lampoon's Vacation. You're on the right thing. I will tell you as the first hint, and you guys... It is a National Lampoon movie. You, you can tell me to stop, and I will let whoever says that first go take a guess. John Candy is in this movie, and so is Dan Aykroyd. Wow. Why can't I think stop. of anything? Okay. Funny Farm. <laughs> no, neither of them are in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, man, I thought this was going to be an easy one. I guess this isn't me. I know. You're 50. Uh, sorry. There are there are raccoons in this movie. There are twin girls in this movie. Is Chevy Chase in this too? No, Chevy Chase is not in this movie. Because that wasn't going to be my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys the... Uh, One more hit the, and then the, we move The on. name of the character. And then you just got to tell me the movie. And it's the first to say stop. Chet Ripley is the character's name. Oh, fuck. I know this. Then say it. I'm Chet Ripley. Uh, I don't know this. Then why'd you lie? So, so are you both giving up on this I one? I felt it would increase my I'm going to take status. one more stab at it. Okay. National Lampoon's European Vacation. No. <laughs> so the correct answer, and I'm just letting you know, nobody gets this, so if there's a tie at the end of this, <laughs> yeah, if, there's a, if there's a tie at the end of this, I'm next episode's host again, and I get to pick everything. What is it, Michael? The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors is correct. That's what I was trying to say, but you were going through all of these like little loops, throwing us off and stuff. <laughs> like I couldn't even keep I've, up with you. I've never seen. There were so many. So, all right, so it's it is a great movie. I didn't I, I hear. Well, maybe we should watch that instead of porn all the time. <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> all right, so here is number three. Stupid ass kids. Always trying to solve mysteries so they can try to get their 15 minutes of fame. Stop. Devil's Reject. Or House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, Captain Spock. Boom. Lonnie gets it. That was fantastic. He was peeking on you. 
I don't have answers written in here, so no. so Lonnie has yes. two. He oh, just needs he just needs one more. I totally forgot that character. All right. Oh, sorry. So here we go. Gotcha. <laughs> here we go with movie number four, General Diary. I got to kind of. This is what I'm doing to you. Oh. Okay. So although I, this one's going to be a difficult one. And great outdoors wasn't. Not uh, the normal Not person. <laughs> All right. So although I can't talk, my words are clearer than anyone else's. It's not as easy to get around like everyone else around me. Yeah, sure, every now and then I get included in a game, but for the most part I am only used when something needs to be drawn out for everyone to see and understand. Day in and day out, I watch my friends get played. I'm sick and tired of being shaken up all the time. I want a normal life. I want to be able to play with my friends and feel like the others. Un Stop. South Park Kenny. No. Damn it. On the outside, I seem together, but on the inside, I'm a complete mess. Everyone has always got to mess with my knobs. Okay, so that, Lonnie, what's your guess? Is this an animated Um, Yes. Wally? Nope. Dustin? The Amazing Toaster. <laughs> amazing Toaster? <laughs> what was that really crazy... Hints. <laughs> nope. Okay, you get one more guess, and then I'm going to do a hint. Uh, it is animated. Is it animated? Sneak a hint to us. We won't tell you. He's got a guess, though. Guess, though? <laughs> That's your hint. Revenge of the Nerds. No. Okay, your your hints are it is animated. Then why did you fucking say that and when I asked? Because... That's you not fair to give you a No, because you're ahead two to zero right now. Yeah, we could so have it, this over. It is animated... And it's a Pixar movie. Stop. Toy Story and that just sketch. Yes. So Lonnie just sweeped it. I'm just going to do the, the fifth one just for the hell of it because I didn't want to. That was hard. That one wasn't is, easy at all. This is worth five points. I got this. Do you want to put it all on the line here? The fuck no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I tried this. I'm running the tables with this next week. So this one is a hard one, too. And I, this is from one of my favorite movies. So if you know me well enough, you should know this one. It is. All right. So in the end, I know I would help him. I mean, after all, he and I have been friends for a while. We go to concerts together until he came until he came along. I know something wasn't right with him from the moment I first met him. Trying to buy my friend's attention with such extravagant gifts, some of which I don't think were really his. Working for a TV station, my knowledge of television programming is extensive. It took me some time, but I figured out his secret. And trust me, he had a lot of them. I wanted to walk away, but seeing my friend Steven start to go down a bad path, especially once he got arrested, I had to step Stop. in. Yes. Cable guy. Uh, Mike. Uh, fucking shit. <laughs> I, will, I will take the actor's name if you don't know the character. It's not a Michael. It's a, is it a Michael? It is a Michael. Fuck, what is his last name? I, I just... Gonna... Can I jump in? Go. Take it. Is it Danny Masterson? No. No. The actor's name? No. Oh, but it's definitely Cable Guy. It's definitely Cable Guy. Oh, it's Jack Black. Yes. You got it. So, Damn. Justin sucks ass at this game. That one's for me. That one's for you. But you got so, Cable Guy. Like, that's something. Oh, that's half point. Yeah. Half point. Sweet. You did, and I think you did say something about um, John Candy as well. I did not. Well, it's not yeah, you good. did. Okay, I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
So, I'm not going to congratulate you because so that, it's sometimes right that's kind of condescending, so, I feel. Do you guys like that, Sagan? Yeah, that's fine. I think it would be fun to have you guys take turns at it, too. But uh, So, Lonnie, you win, and that means that you get to host, lead host, next episode, and you get to pick. So one of our things next week that I'm going to say is an idea that you came up with, and I'm going to tell you guys this right now so we can have time. I'm going to put all of our favorite lead singers up against each other. So we're going to go Rob Zombie versus... Who's your favorite? The, you know, he's God. Mike Patton. Mike Patton. So Rob Zombie <laughs> Mike versus Patton's Mike God. Patton versus Davey Havoc. 1v1v1. Rob Zombie. Uh, who's best? Uh, John Tesh. No. <laughs> you like it, bro. <laughs> All right. That's one, of, that's one of my topics is 1v1v1 about whose lead singer is the, the best. And we're going to put it up to you guys about who wins our debate. Well, it's going to be Mike Patton all the way. I don't even know who the fuck Mike Patton so, is. So he's a lead singer to Faith No More, Tomahawk, Peeping Tom, uh, Fantamas. Uh, he's done he's done things with Bjork. He's done things with Sepultura. He's done you I, know, General Patton and the Executioners. So you said two people I know, Sepultura. So who's it going to be up to to decide? The fans. So my sister? <laughs> oh, are we doing it back here again, or are we going to go in studio? Because I think that we, should we, we, should, we should get two votes. It should be the fans' vote, and then I think Michael should be the judge, too, okay. as to uh, who's... Yeah, Michael, you should. It'd be a terrible thing if something happened to your place. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sony, do you drink coffee? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm not... Well, um, we can't piss in this coffee pot. By the way, there's a miss. You know that that misconnections thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to love to look at those. It's so much fun. So, what what was the uh, Grubhub girl's name that delivered uh, tonight? Was it a B? What was her name? God, I almost made Jeremy pee himself. <laughs> so she 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 was like, "Damn, them some dance moves." Blah. We're we're gonna try to to get Michael set up here with the Grubhub girl that delivered to us earlier. He was the gentleman at the apartment that had the guy in the background dancing with his shirt unbuttoned um, <laughs> to an 80s song called Rumors. So if she's listening, even though Michael has her number because that's part of the whole Grubhub thing, she had like purplish pink hair and... Um, and <laughs> that sounds like it. This is, this is Chris from Pedophile Watch. <laughs> Uh, so, um, do you know why I'm here? A 48-year-old man. Keep going. I, what's it? This is for Mike. Mary. Mary. So, Mary, if that does Grubhub, if you are listening and you delivered to apartments that are by St. Gerald's Church <laughs> to a bald man that looked like Rick from Pawn Stars. Oh, yeah. Give him a call because you have his number. And if you see this. He ordered Arby's. He ordered two roast beef sandwiches with two cookies. One of them had curly fries. The other had potato cakes, some Arby's sauce, and some horsey sauce, and two Sprites. Actually, you also. Two pickles. You also got our food at Arby's, and then you went to Taco Bell and sat in their drive through to get somebody else's Grubhub, so our food was cold. But he doesn't care about that. He just wants you to come back because was- you had beautiful eyes because you were wearing a, a mask and. And that's all we saw, plus your purple hair coming out of the hat. So, Mary, get in contact with us boys at Boundless Pod Trap, and let's make this miracle happen to set you and Michael up. Because remember, Michael Laughlin, or image, is everything. 
We make dreams happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. Is this out? Of, is this out of our system? Because I let's feel, get the goofy I out. feel like we need to go on to this. Ugh. This is gonna be a tough one, folks. All right. Uh, I gotta get going. I'll see you guys. <laughs> so as mentioned before, our main topic is not gonna be so goofy, haha. Ah! It's actually gonna be quite interesting. Uh, we. Why? <laughs> This is uh, something we're gonna try. You know, we, we wanna we wanna touch on some things. So we're gonna talk about the Chris and Shanann Watts murder case that happened. Is it uh, pronounced Shanann or is it, it Shannon? It's Shanann. Let's do no, just no goofy stuff. I don't want I don't want I don't want any uh, underscore music here. Um, so yeah, this is gonna be very rough. You know, I, I apologize ahead of time if kind of get choked up or anything like that this has been a very uh, interesting case for me i think to, it's hard for all of us it is yeah i was just saying because you know i i just me personally when i was looking stuff up very difficult and gentlemen i'm gonna have you guys sit here for uh a few minutes while i read a few pages i kind of typed out so the listeners can kind of get an idea of this synopsis synopsis the, the the story the case if they're not familiar with it so and I, I apologize, too, if, like, what I'm reading here that I typed up doesn't make sense or it, it gets weird at times because it's, uh, you know, my mind when I was writing this was kind of all over the place with this. So here we go. <clears throat> so on August 13th, 2018 in Frederick, Colorado, an uncalled for and senseless crime, or I should say crimes, were committed by the then 33-year-old Christopher Lee Watts on his wife, Shanann Catherine Watts and their two beautiful daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste, along with Chris and Shanann's unborn child, Nico, who Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant with. Chris then disposed of his family's remains like they were basically human garbage in a disgusting and inhumane way. Let me give you a little more detail on this story before myself, Lonnie, and Justin delve into this topic. I will warn listeners that this may be uncomfortable to listen to, and some of you may find this whole story to be gut-wrenching and too much to listen to. I will give some graphic details of how this whole story unfolded. There will be links below to some videos I find would be good to watch if you are interested in these kinds of stories. I also will give a warning that I may get emotional in reading this, as I have been studying this case for almost two years now, and I have cried many times when thinking of the innocent lives that were taken away by an individual that I won't even label as a man, but more as the scum of this earth. Chris and Shanann met in 2010 and were married on November 3, 2012. They became parents to two beautiful daughters, Bella and Celeste, and were 15 weeks pregnant with their unborn son who was going to be named Nico. From the outside, it appeared that Chris had the perfect life that a lot of guys would be envious of. An extremely beautiful and caring wife, two daughters that adored their daddy, and a son on the way. Not to mention the most gorgeous home that they lived in and a job in an oil field where he made pretty decent money. But on the inside, things seemed to be not so picture perfect. A mistress named Nicole Kissinger seemed to be the new love in Chris's life that he would meet on the side. Apparently having everything wasn't enough for Chris that he wanted to start a new life with Nicole. Shanann seemingly knew he had a side mistress, or at least knew Chris was falling out of love with her, as the couple was planning on filing for divorce at the time of the murders. Fast forward to early morning hours of August 13, 2018, 1.48 a.m. to be exact. The doorbell camera on the Watts front porch picked up the last video of Shanann alive as it showed her being dropped off by her best friend, Nicole Atkinson, after getting home from a business trip. Shanann can be seen walking to the porch with her luggage bag and entering the home, an eerie video knowing what her fate would be only a few short hours later. 
Now, from the time that Shanann entered the home until the few hours that had passed before neighbor's surveillance footage camera would catch Chris loading his truck and leaving for work is really the only part of this case where we don't know exactly when and how things went down. Only stories from Chris himself telling police agents. We can only assume that the married couple had an argument and Chris strangled his wife in their bedroom on their bed until she was dead. Chris then loaded up his dead body, his wife's dead body in the truck after opening his garage door and backing the truck partially into the garage. As though the killing of his wife in such a savage way wasn't enough, after loading Shanann's body into the truck, he woke up his two daughters and loaded them in the truck with their dead mother's body wrapped in a bed sheet at their feet. That is when Chris drove out to the oil field site where he had been working and buried his wife in the field, still wrapped up in the bed sheet, and then went back to the truck where the most sickening acts took place. Chris wrapped a blanket over the head of a three-year-old Celeste and then put his hand over the nose and mouth of her until she was suffocated. The whole time Celeste's older sister Bella sat there watching, not saying a word. One can only imagine the horror going through young Bella's minds, knowing that the man she loved and adored who was essentially her hero, was killing her baby sister right in front of her. He then took Celeste's lifeless body to the top of one of the oil tanks where he had been working and opened up the hatch, which was said to have only an 8-inch diameter to it, and shoved his 3-year-old daughter's feet first into the oil tank, disposing of her as though she was complete junk. (laughs) Sorry, uh, this is the part that really gets me, and I am kind of tearing up here. It's hard to read. It was then that Chris went back to his truck where Bella was still waiting as Bella said to her daddy, is the same thing going to happen to me as Cece? That is when Chris wrapped the same blanket around the head of Bella and began to suffocate her the same way. According to Chris Watts, Bella's last words were daddy no, before she had passed away. He then took Bella's lifeless body and took her to the top of the other oil tank and like Celeste, disposed of her body in the small 8-inch diameter hole at the top of the tank. Meanwhile, Shanann's friend Nicole, who had dropped her off early that morning, was spoiling Chris's plans, if the dumbass even had one, back at the Watts' home. Shanann was supposed to have an appointment with the OBGYN earlier that morning. After not hearing from Shanann, Nicole became concerned because usually her and Shanann would talk every morning, especially after one of Shanann's appointments. Nicole became increasingly worried when Shanann missed a work meeting and also knowing that Shanann was diabetic and had gone into diabetic shock before. This is when Nicole went to the Watts home, and when Shanann didn't answer the door and still wasn't answering the phone, she had called the police to come to do a checkup on the house. Officer Scott Coonrod was the officer to show up. Now, before I go on, what is the most fascinating thing, despite this being a horrific occurrence to happen, was that this whole incident was caught on camera from start to finish, minus the murders taking place. His body cam was rolling from the moment he rolled up outside the Watts home, all the way through calling Chris and Chris arriving and even going through the house to check on anything suspicious. We fast forward to Chris arriving home with police and Shanann's friend Nicole waiting for him. It put a kink in Chris's plan for cleaning up by the cops being there before he could even get back home. Now Chris has to let cops in the house and try to explain things. From bed sheets missing off the beds to Shanann's cell phone still left plugged in charging to her purse and car still there. Chris had to think on his feet when questioned by police and honestly he wasn't very good at it. Suspicions were starting to build with Officer Kunrad and about Chris maybe not being the innocent victim whose wife and kids were missing. Now for the key evidence that you can see on police body cam footage, the moment when Chris Watts almost craps himself, the next door neighbor shows police and Chris the surveillance footage from camera he has mounted over his garage facing the driveway of the Watts home. The camera automatically starts recording when it senses motion. It captured the moment Chris backed his truck up early that morning partway into the garage. It is there you see Chris uncharacteristically unloading his truck. 
Although it isn't clear to see, from shadows and movements, you can see Chris loading Shanann's body in the truck and then the small shadows of Bella and Celeste being loaded into the truck for their last ride with their daddy. From there, it was evident from Chris's neighbor and even police that Chris was not acting right, and there was more to this than a disappearance of a mother and her two daughters. For the next couple days, Chris Watts would be doing some local interviews with a very monotone tone to his voice, asking for his wife and kids to please come back home. Even the most tone-deaf person could tell that Chris's tone was not one of a concerned husband and father wanting his wife and kids back. Chris was also brought in for questioning at the police station. In his mind, he probably thought that this was a way to get more information out of him as to why Shanann would take the kids and leave without saying anything. But deep down, investigators knew Chris was hiding something. Slowly and methodically, they would take Chris through a series of questions. Again, this is all online and full length to watch, where they would eventually get him to leak information. They even have him take a lie detector test to where no surprise to anyone, Chris failed. Once Chris's father was flown in and brought into the interrogation room, that is when Chris confesses to killing his wife, Shanann. Although he claimed it was in protecting his daughters, he said Shanann was hurting the kids, so he stepped in and strangled Shanann. It was soon after to where they were able to get Chris to disclose the locations of the bodies and where he was arrested. The interrogation wasn't over there as they finally were able to get him to confess to all the murders. Chris Watts pleaded guilty to the murders on November 6, 2018. The death penalty was not put forward at the request of Shanann's family, who didn't want any more deaths to happen in this story. On November 19, 2018, Chris was sentenced to five life sentences, three consecutive and two concurrent, without possibility of parole. He also received an additional 48 years for the unlawful termination of his wife's pregnancy and 36 years for three charges of tampering with deceased bodies. Chris currently is serving his sentence at the Dodge Correctional Institution in Wisconsin. We will now open this up to discussion, but I do encourage those listening to look up the videos on this case. As I said earlier, what is so intriguing about this whole thing is that everything is made available online to watch. From Shanann's last video alive coming home, to Chris loading the bodies up, to all body cam, police footage, and even Chris's pathetic attempt to make up a story. To the moment he knew he was caught in all the police interrogation interviews and lie detector tests, to the in-courtroom sentencing of Chris. There are even a few follow-up audio videos out there after Chris was sentenced where he finally opens up in graphic detail about everything that went on once Shanann arrived home that morning from her trip. It is definitely not something you can watch in just a few hours. It takes days. Now, I open this up to Justin and Lonnie to give their thoughts on this by starting out by asking both of them, as fathers, Justin having two daughters himself and Lonnie having a son, how could a father take his children's life away in such a gross manner as smothering them? What on this earth could be so damn important that ending your children's life is the answer you come up with? That was rough to read. So I know I made jokes at the start of this episode about Jeremy ruining my weekend, but some of that was based in reality, that studying this really did ruin my weekend. And I don't blame it on Jeremy at all. I solely blame it on Chris Watts because what I did, instead of looking at the acts he performed and the stuff that I studied purely Chris Watts and Chris Watts's mind and his affairs he was having and basically why Chris Watts did what he did. So I tried to get into the head of a scumbag. Like saying it fucked me up is it's not the right term but it took something from me being a new dad you don't look at life the same 
and I'm going to throw it over to Justin in a second, because he can justify what I'm about to say. You look at literally everything differently. Your day is 100% different. You wake up differently. You go to bed differently because your life is now that child. I, man, I totally agree. Bring it back a bit. Much like what Lonnie was implying is, yeah, this kind of did mess up my day too. I have a routine in the morning. I usually start my, I try to start my day off right, get something to eat, work out, a little bit of like meditation. Like consuming these videos really set your compass for the day. And it's like, fuck, man. Like not only inserting just the facts, but also seeing the life, the day in the life of like the wife and kids, you know, they're running around all happy. For me, myself, I draw a lot of parallels to the figure of what Chris is, not the person. He's in an eight-year relationship with his wife. I'm in an eight-year relationship with my wife. He's got two kids who is pretty much the same exact age as my kids. But, like, when I get home and I hear that, you know, uh, wow. It's like my, my, my youngest, my Yonka, she comes up, you know, daddy, daddy, like, and she's just learning how to talk and... My, my oldest Zoraville, like, she'll come in, you know, give me a hug. And it's like, you know, I work long days, you know, 10, 12 hours every single day. And when I see them, that's my life. Much to what you were saying, Lonnie, is, well, all of our lives, we are pretty much writing the chapters of our life. But when we bring somebody into the world, like, we we don't necessarily close our chapter. We, ha- we are responsible as fathers right. to guide and lead. So we have to write their chapters, too. Right. Your, your dream is now to make their dreams come true. Yeah, so you have to yeah, not necessarily put yourself on hold, but pretty much put yourself on hold. Right. You know, if you're a responsible, respectful father, to look at my daughters like the, for all of us, that daddy no, fuck, man, that, that tears at you. Right. And this motherfucker did this for a piece of ass. Yeah. And then she just left him. The, the, yeah. yeah. She, she just said, like, it wasn't worth it. In, in interviews with her, she came out and said, if he's lying to me about having a baby with his wife, what else is he lying to me about? Right. And so, that just proves that he wasn't even a piece of shit to her. Right. To like, even consider, like he said, you know, he didn't know what he was thinking when he was taking his wife and child's lives. It's like, well, none of us do. Like, how can you get in that? And, and to dump one of your daughters into the little oil well and come back, you know, knowing this is what you're going to do to the next one. Hearing that voice, the life that you brought into this world, you know, like, she's scared the whole time. She just watched her daughter, or her, her sister get killed, rung up the uh, the ladders and dropped into the, the tank, and then come back down. This guy is supposed to be protecting her. Right. He's their superhero. Well, and you think about it, too. Eight-inch diameter is not big at all. No. Right. How they said the oldest one had like marks and you know stuff on like around the butt and stuff because he had to push her into it. How like first of all, how can you kill your own child and then to dispose of it in a gruesome way to where you're basically I mean I feel like he had to like break bones to get her to fit in that thing. It's like I I don't know what can possibly go through somebody's mind. Like unlike you guys, I'm not a father, but it does tear at me because. I have a niece who I adore and I love more than anything in this world. And I can only imagine, like, if she was my daughter, how much more I would love her and want to protect her. Like, I mean, I would always protect her, but 
And I have nephews too, and don't get me wrong, I love them just as much, but it's like, you know, my niece was my first actual niece, and there's always going to be that special bond with that, but I just, like Lonnie said, to do it over, like, you're, you're doing it over a piece of ass. Like, we know that they, the records show that they filed bankruptcy, they were right. having right. financial problems, but... The video is also between, like, you know, Shanann, I, I saw the videos expressing, like, how they met, and, like... She pretty much sold the world in this dude. She did. And that's another thing that I didn't mention in that long introduction that I read was, in addition to all these other videos, you can see she has a ton of videos on YouTube of her talking. And, I mean, she, there's one where she explains how her and Chris met. And just, like you said, the way that she looks, the, the, the tone in her voice, it's like she was just so in love with this guy. This guy was everything she ever wanted. Right. And I just... I'll, I'll speak to the point that, like, yeah, it's on social media, and some people do overinflate certain things, but it did seem I genuine. Get, yeah, I didn't get yeah, that vibe yeah. at all. I, I, she, but she was not ready for that separation. Right. Yeah, and, and she did try. You know, they were trying to go through counseling and all that. But to uh, – and I do not condone either the wife or the children, but, like, bringing it in to the child's – the children, the child, like, all three of them, because the wife was pregnant with one of them. Man. Hurting animals and children is something that very much, like, sets me off. It's like, that, no, no, like, my name is Justin. Like, I want justice. I'm named after, you know, like, th this is, ah, right here, right now type of thing. Like, if he had issues with his wife, do not take it out on the kids. Well, that's, that's what I always want. Like, if they were planning on possibly filing for divorce, or and I'm unclear on this, if they were filing for divorce and they had just talked about it, why Why would the route that he took be the better option? Like My whole thing was, so you killed your wife, you killed your unborn child, you killed your two beautiful daughters, all for this other lady. Why is that the better option? Because if they filed for divorce, he would get split custody. He'd at least get to see them some of the time. But the route he went, he, he never gets to see them again. He never gets to get fresh air again. I just don't understand why going through a divorce wouldn't have been the better option with this. And, I don't, and and like looking at the guy, and I know looks aren't everything, but the crazy thing about this too is that Chris Watts looks like a normal every human day. being. I said he's he is a good-looking guy, and to have everything, I just I, I want to know what what went what went wrong in his head. I the, if if it was all for a piece of ass, I mean, yeah, I <laughs> this guy had to have some serious issues because. I mean, and this woman, this other woman on the side, like she wasn't, she's she was another good-looking woman, but I just don't see how she was the better option too. Like you have, Shanann was a beautiful woman. Like she is, she is everything that a guy would look for, and she seemed like a caring, nurturing person that would take care of your every needs. Justin, you come home from a long day's work, she'd probably have dinner and everything ready for you. She'd massage your back. Chris had it all, so I don't understand. And, and the point I was going to make earlier is with the financial things, the troubles they were having financially, I don't think that was in any way uh, a determining factor of what he did because if it were, he would have probably just killed himself to get out of the whole situation or He's killed himself and Shanann. Uh, but I, I just feel like this was all done for a mistress. He, I see him as a little bit higher up on the narcissist level that – he wouldn't direct it towards him. Like, he is one to put fault on others. But how is killing your family going to get rid of this debt right, or right. everything? And right. Especially, 
when it comes to like debt and stuff like that, that's a, a huge paper trail or, or motivation to how do you think you're going to get away with it when all of a sudden Shanann is a, a popular woman, I guess, you know, like in her community, she's got friends who are looking out for her, you know, not, what was it? Not even six hours later or whatever. Right. He, her friend was calling, you know, like, where is she? Where, what, what's, what's going on? Which it should be mentioned that Nicole Atkinson, not Nicole Kessinger, the mistress, but Nicole Atkinson is the true hero in this story. If, right. if, if there Second is a hero, she is an unsung hero because if she wasn't so quick with getting over there and calling the police, who knows where this whole story would have went. Right. Let's focus on a little bit of the, the facts too. Like one of the videos that's in this podcast here in the description is the doorbell camera, which obviously is not a doorbell because it's shaking and moving. It looks like the dude was filming her. Oh, it's the, couch it's or the like that. body cam footage from the, it's the body cam footage no, no, no. from the, when she gets out of the car. I've never really looked at that closely to where it's shaking. I've always just thought it was like the ring cam. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like it's far off from the door, but if you notice, there's a little bit of shaking, and it can't be, you know, door cam, doorbell cams do not shake unless the structure of this new house is not as stable. So it seems like he was just, you know, filming her coming home. And I think there was a article or something saying that, like, they even had intercourse that morning. So I, I have no idea what's what the hell's going on. They had intercourse yeah. after she got home? Yeah. That's one of the articles, I guess. I, 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 I haven't seen that article. That's a, that's a, I mean. So he I, was awake. So yeah, he yeah. was awake when oh. she got home. Right. And from what he said in, after he was in prison and they did a follow-up interview with him, I, I, now that you say that, maybe he did mention that they did have intercourse after she got home, but it all started with an argument over, I think, finances. And that's when he lost his temper, strangled her on their bed. And apparently one of the kids did come in the room. I think Bella, the older one, came in. And when he was strangling her or after he had strangled her and he had just told her, like, Mommy's sick or something like right. that. And, but he also mentions that when he was strangling her, it wasn't him. Like, he really was, like, he couldn't control his arms or anything, which, I mean, any... I mean, I, I know piece of shit would say something like that, yeah, but sometimes things go red and you know blacked out or whatever, and you wake up to this. It's like he seemed like he was in his mind, especially how precise he was trying to be when the cop footage, you know, around like the authorities and stuff. It's like he it looked like he had her phone in his hand before he can place it in the building in the house. See, I I feel the guy just. He was shaking, and, and there is another video in the description, two of them. There's a psychologist guy or whatever that reads a people. A body language. A body language yeah. guy, and he does the police body cam footage first video, and then there's another video of the interrogations. And he pauses the video, and he breaks right. down why Chris did this and why the police officer was doing that. And it's like, I will tell you right now that, that Officer Coonrod and then the uh, two investigators in the interrogation room very, very, very fucking smart. The police officer did so many different things. Just He would say things just to get a read off of Chris because this officer knew right from the get-go that something's not right. Just right. by the way Chris was acting like a husband and father that just lost everything that they, they're missing would be a lot more hysterical than Chris was. And it was all always like Chris was always referring to himself. 
with things it and not not guilt, my though, wife so. and not my kids. It was always me, me, me. And so these videos, there's four videos I think linked in there. They're great to watch for things like that, and it explains a, a, a little bit more in detail. Um, I suggest watching those ones where he breaks down right. stuff last. Derek Van Sheet. His body analysis, for me, was the most telling because you cannot lie with your body, especially when you're on the spot. Uh -huh. It's really hard to get out of that. And the things that he was pointing out as far as, like, when he was actually being shown the video, the neighbor that was showing the the, the, the cam footage, or the ring, I guess. Surveillance footage. Yeah, surveillance yeah. footage. It's like he wanted to get out of there. It took him almost an hour to load his truck, and he actually called off what he was loading up. You know, water, certain tools, whatever. It's like... It does not take you that long. Mm -hmm. No. Well, and like the most telling thing was when he was watching that surveillance footage, Chris has his hands on his head, which is like a to help sign of, down, yeah. Whatever. Um, but uh, Lonnie, you have, I'm going to have you talk about this. You had mentioned something to me about like, had it just been Chris Watts killing Shanann and then himself, this would be a different story. Is that kind of, yeah, I mean, we we look at things a little differently when children are involved. Oh, for sure. If Chris Watts and Shanann Watts, if it was just Chris killing Shanann, would this have been as sensational of a story? Or if it was really in a debt situation and Chris killed Shanann and then killed himself, would this have been as a sensational of a story and would it have been blown up this much? It's still a heinous act. And it's still done out of just as much malice. But with the children being involved, it's to a whole nother level. There's investigators. There was the judge. There were so many people involved in this case who had PTSD issues. Was it just because they'd never been involved in a case like this before with so much malice? Was it because the children were involved and they could see themselves in just so much empathy? Or was it kind of devil's advocate here? Was it them trying to get their 15 minutes of fame? See, most murders, they have an obvious reason. And I believe for this one, the reason given is not acceptable. It's like that, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't check out. Well, I would pose this question. Do you think this was planned? Do you think Chris was planning on murdering his wife and murdering his kids? Do you think it was something that just seeing red, like he, they, him and Shanann had an argument and he just couldn't control himself. He killed her. His daughter saw it. So now he's thinking, I got to kill my kids. Do you think it was a spur of the moment thing? Do you think it was calculated plan or do you think it was planned, but it happened earlier than it was supposed to? I think it built it up. I, I personally don't think it was planned. I'm pretty sure he might have entertained the idea, but I wouldn't say that that's planned. See, I have to disagree with you. I think it was 100% planned, and I think that plan was put into motion very rapidly that night. Right. Because after he got home from disposing of the bodies and whatnot, he worked that day. The only reason he came home was because he got, called. he got called home. But in the process of that whole day happening, he put his home on the market. He did a lot of other things that isn't something you randomly do. Like these had to be cognitive things that you have been planning. You don't commit a murder and then think, oh, well, I need to put my house on the market and I need to 
start consolidating my assets. Like, you kill someone and your brain is on, I'm fucked. Right. It's like, like, I know he also pulled the kids out of school. Right. So know. they wouldn't come check on them. Like, these aren't thoughts that someone who just committed triple murder do. Right. Like, these are things that have to be planned in advance. He just didn't, unfortunately, well, that's the not right wording, but these are the plans that someone whose plan got rushed immensely. Yeah, I guess I could see it that way, especially, yeah. I didn't know about the house. You know, yeah, the house the went on the market as well. Like, he needed to get rid of all of his assets very quickly because he knew the investigation was coming. He knew he wasn't going to get away with it. Hmm. And another thing, with if you watch the interrogation footage with the people, I don't think he was intending on admitting his guilt. If you watch it when his dad comes in the room, he doesn't admit what he did. He doesn't admit... He killed her, uh, the Shannon. Yeah, I keep wanting to call her Shannon. Shannon. His dad goes, "You killed her, didn't you?" And he goes, "Yeah." Man, it's he like never he, admitted it once. But he that, puts the twist on the spin on it that, that he was doing. He was it protecting the, them, but he never once. Well, said they already that gave he, him that idea, though. So I think he just right. rolled with that too. He just went with it. Yeah, he had no idea what he was doing, and his dad came in and was like, "You killed her, didn't you?" To save the girls, and he was like. Yeah, and then the idea was put in his head, so he went with it. Like, so he had no idea what he was going to do until that idea was put in his head, and he's like, oh, cool, I can run this way. And then once he realized that was fabricated bullshit and he wasn't going to get away with it, that's when he Man. he admitted it. I think it would be hard to be in that position as, like, the sheriff, you know, the detective or whatever, especially when they're calling him out on his obvious bullshit. Right. She says something about the, the other... Uh, I don't know what her position is, but the interrogator, I guess, right. she, who pretty much ran the lie detector test, right. she said something to the effect of, like, I haven't seen you cry. You haven't shown any emotion. These are your girls, like, and you haven't even shed a tear. And then, then his starts voice crying. starts cracking. And it's like, right. dude, fuck you, man. Like, stop. Well, during the lie detector test, when they were doing the pretest, the person administering the lie detector test goes, this is good. You're a really bad liar. Right. And he kind of, you can see him mini tense up when she leaves the room. He has that, oh, no, I'm going to get caught. Well, in, in one of those videos, too, the interrogation one where he, the body language, I think it's something like when he is, is lying when he answers, he talks louder. Yeah. Or it's when you're in talks, guilt, you want to try to establish a sort of innocence by clearly stating something, you know, like, I guess it kind of goes both ways, but your mannerisms is a telltale. It's, you know, like my penis is giant. That was good. I believe that. <laughs> oh, shit, it is. I will say that I'm kind of in the middle of whether he was planning or not. I think he was planning to kill his wife and kids. But I don't think he was planning on doing it when he did. I think things got so heated and so emotional that I do believe that his body may have taken over and he was seeing red and he killed her because I think that he was planning things like you had said, but I think it was going to be over another shorter period of time, like maybe a, a few more days before he was going to do it. But I don't think that he wasn't planning anything. I just think that it happened a little bit too soon. Yeah. Now, I am going to say, you know, one of the hardest things for me to watch was the courtroom when Shanann's brother, the uncle to Celeste and Bella, 
was going speak. up. He couldn't speak. He had to have the attorney speak for him. And that touched me the hardest because I am an uncle. And to hear what he wrote and then to see him just crying, it's like, if that was taken away from me, I, I don't even know what I could do. I, I, what I would do. Uh, it's just, you have these people brought into your life now that you, uh, that weren't there. Like, you know, the, the, the first time I held my niece, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just like, holy crap. Like I'm a fucking uncle. And like right away, it's like, I will do anything to protect her and I'm going to spoil her. And I don't think I could have been as calm and cool as he was. I would probably be seeing red and I would be probably in jail because I would have probably reached across the desk table, whatever, and I would have fucking strangled him, slit his throat, something, because you took away some of the most important things in my life, and you're just going to sit there and not even make eye contact. Like, if you watch Chris in the courtroom, he's just looking down the whole time, like, oh, yeah. pity he's me, feel sorry for me. Fuck you. You should have to watch... You should have to look in the eye as everybody in that family, from Shanann's mom, dad, brother, aunt, uncle... Look you in the eye and tell you what a piece of fucking shit you are. Spit in your face. Throw shit at you. Whatever it is. Uh, it's just, I, I feel the guy got off easy. I do, This I'll pose this question to you guys. Do you agree with Shanann's family that by not wanting the death penalty? In I this? do. I am not really pro-death penalty. I feel like somebody, they don't suffer enough. They don't, there's no, and some people who do get the death penalty, I mean, I feel like in the past they have, serve a crime that they did not, you know, everything just pointed to them because they were in the right spot or wrong spot, wrong time yeah. type of thing. And for me, I kind of see keeping somebody alive, even though they might be likely to lie about something, it's kind of a human encyclopedia. If they need to go back and review evidence or even try to get somebody off who was wrongfully accused, they have that chance. Well, even, I'm sorry, go ahead. Even though they've, like, wasted years of their life or whatever locked up behind bars i'm not a big fan of the death penalty right well and the thing with the death penalty too and i did look this up in the state of colorado when someone is on the death penalty in the state of colorado they get so many appeals to the death penalty so through the appeal process regardless how long that would take and the death penalty process anyway takes years he potentially couldn't be on death row right so he would be in much cushier standards than the terrible life standards he's going to get. To that, being a child killer, being behind bars with other convicts. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. But the thing is, I think he is in isolation. Oh, really? Which is bullshit. I, which I is bullshit. Up. Yeah, because up on his that guy should not be in isolation. What he in should have to be in, what, what is that called? Gen uh, pop. General population. Yeah. He should be out there. So these other inmates that, which is weird. My brother-in-law used to, in California, he used to work at a prison. And he's like, you would be surprised that they actually kind of have morals. They police like, their own, they, you know, they, to an extent. They, anybody that's a child molester or did anything to a child, if they're in prison and other inmates find out about it, they will torture them. They will try to kill them. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a bittersweet uh, thing to to have a scumbag like that. If they are going to die, I think it should be at the hand of other other right. inmates because they're going to make that piece of shit suffer. And I think one of the things I was going to say is, like, I agree. I don't think that he should get the death penalty because I think that the mental mind fuck of what he did 
is going to, as the years go on, it's going to get worse and worse. And I think that they should plaster pictures of his daughters all over that jail cell so he can, every day, that's all he can look at are the innocent lives that he took away. For me, that's more of a suffering. I'm not big on the idea of, like, some sort of afterlife, but I feel like once it's over, it's over. You committed this crime. See what you've done. Is there some sort of reform? Can you help somebody in the end behind bars? Maybe. But right now, you're... You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, another thing that I've heard, and these may not be true. You know, everything you read online, surprisingly, is not true, despite what some people think. But there's women out there yeah. that want oh, to yeah. fuck Chris yeah. Watts because they think he's sexy. And, what he, and I'm like, these women deserve to be behind bars. Some of these notes that they were writing to him, and I don't know how much of these were sent before or after he came out with everything. But they're like, oh, I know you didn't do it. It's like, the motherfucker like, <laughs> admitted to it. Yeah. I don't know what kind of fetish that is. I'm going to turn this over to you, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks again. Uh-huh. No, but it's it's the same girls who wanted to date the bad boy in high school. Well, cool. He has a cut-off T-shirt and likes to drink PBR, which I, I guess is popular <laughs> nowadays. But seriously, if you look at, like... It's enticing to be, like, the next victim. Right. Type of things. Well, I, I love true crime. Other than a horror, true crime is my other passion. And the amount of women who fall in love with serial killers is fucking revolting. The people who send, who are like, oh, did you see the new Ted Bundy documentary? He's so gorgeous. No, he's not. He's a fucking murderer. The actor is attractive. Well, but other than that. Who, like, who played Ted Bundy? Was it Zach Efron? Yeah. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Like now you have as a film, like as a filmmaker, yeah. like the casting. Like, cast yeah, why would, you, why would you? Why would you cast Ted Bundy? A sex I mean, he was a charming. The the Ted Bundy was a charming person. Himself, Congratulations! But. Now you have your seventeen-year-old twiddling her <laughs> man in the canoe to Ted Bundy. That's another topic for another time, <laughs> I guess. I, it, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what would you call that fetish? Like, that, if you you like somebody that's like a serial killer. It, it kind of like draws in or plays in certain subdom type of area. I would That's say even disrespectful to a subdom. Yeah, it is, culture, though. But they would just want to be the, the the taken to the brink of life. You know, submitting to they somebody get a who's like whip. that. Don't exactly, to, yeah. Don't well, to... Or somebody you know who's you know you're going to come out at the end of the coming out of it. <laughs> I mean, and it's kind of weird because I, I I can sit here and I'm sitting across from Michael who for like four years. We had a modeling group called the Glamgore Girls where we were trying to make these women, not necessarily the victims, but more the badass, the, the, the killers in this, but we wanted to do it in a sexy way. The only difference between that and this is this was all made up fake characters that we, we did. So it's just like, you know, I could see somebody saying like, well, you did this modeling group and stuff like that. So how can you say you don't understand it's a little bit different. Because, like it just looked good. Yeah, it, it was. It was just trying to combine that blood and glamour in a unique way. Uh, we weren't trying to fetishize. Is that what the word is? That's like the word I use. Like, I don't like, know if it's a real word. But. Yeah, like killing and stuff like that. That wasn't our intent. It was to kind of make the blood and the gore artistic, artistically beautiful. But yeah, I can't see myself like if there was a woman out there that went on a killing spree, no matter how beautiful she was, I wouldn't be like, "Ooh, I'm going to fuck her." Because no, I know what you did, and I know your mind is is fucked up, and I would be a fucked up person to want to do 
naughty things to her and stuff. But like kind of leaning into the humor a little bit, just to kind of put a smile on our face after this. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> sure. Like, how many crazy girls have you dated in your life? Uh, you don't have three to say. Or four, you don't have to say a number. Great fucks, right? Can you see it? Sure. Yeah, but I don't know. right. You know what I'm getting at here. I don't know well. what you're talking about. My sister listens to this. <laughs> I don't know what sex is. <laughs> but you know, it, that's the stigma. The crazier they are, the better they are in bed. Oh, that's we've got a, a few ex-girlfriends who I are dead to me. I'm going to pose but, this question to you: How many crazy wives have you had? I've only been married once, so just just hard. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> leave it on the couch. <laughs> leave it on the couch. Where's that? Where's that fucking rhyme? <laughs> the couch is pretty comfortable. I've slept on it before when I watched their house. Gross. <laughs> what this is gross about that? He, he touches himself every night. Oh, because at that time he had two dogs and they were always sleeping on me. Look at Jeremy so. and his infamous orgies for Another work. angle I also wanted to touch on too is like, there's so many people who are trying to. I, I hate when people deflect blame. They're trying to put everything on the mistress lady. who She was getting so many death threats that she had to go into witness protection. And I'm going to say name. right now, I think she's 100% innocent and had nothing to do yeah. with anything. Yeah. She, didn't, she didn't even have the full story, So, and they know as much as she knew I mean, yet, then. I don't agree with her breaking up a marriage. Yeah, definitely but, not. But I don't think she had anything to do with the murder plans or anything like that. Well, so. there was also the so. the possibility of the other mistress as well with the with the guy that they were never able to prove or disprove. So I wasn't. I only knew of one person. Ah, research. He had a guy. Research, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, there was, there was yes. a guy. Oh, wait, wait, no, yes, yes. No, that was, that came off as. Fake. I thought he was just trying to get his fame. I thought it was fake too, but, but they never were it. able to disprove it. They weren't able to prove it, but they also were never able to disprove it. They just said by word of mouth that no, that's not true. But the guy's story, they were never able to disprove it. Pretty much saying what was already released. So he wasn't giving any new evidence, is what right. one of the sheriff was saying. It's like you, we already know all this. You're saying what we already know, so. You know, they, they wanted something that was more compelling. There was no evidence outside of what was released. From, like, an outsider perspective, when I saw that video of the guy and stuff, it's just like, like I don't know Chris Watts, like, what his tastes were. I mean, obviously, he was beautiful women, but I didn't think that Chris Watts that swung both ways. Yeah, I, think so, I think so. But you know, what were you going to say about Nicole Kessinger? You're, you're, and I kind of cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh yeah, I think I pretty much said it. She just went into witness protection, you know, and people were just trying to have her head for everything. It's like, dude, she didn't, she wasn't there. It would be kind of interesting to talk to her, like, because we're almost to the two-year, and I hate to say anniversary of it, but... It's going to be like a week out from our next podcast. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to talk to her, and and there might be some recent interviews with her, but if she's, like, in witness protection and stuff, I, I highly I, doubt it. I'm pretty sure, if anything, she'll write a book in 20 years. But, yeah, she wants nothing to do with it, it sounds like. She goes under a different name now. Yeah, she, she lives in. under Shaq. <laughs> Shaq O'Neal. Oh, I got really sh- doing sh- that spray tan. Try to, you try to add some It's hard to add humor. Uh, how do you come uh, back from you, this? You don't, you don't uh, want to. That's why it's the last topic yeah. tonight. Uh, and I don't think we're going to recover because our next episode is going to be 
about 75%, 80% done by Alani. So <laughs> if you thought that we were effed up after this. Um, so I will leave this. You know, we're, tr- we're trying to get more uh, more listeners, more viewers. It takes time. <laughs> right, no, he's serious uh, I'd, I'd like to have uh, listeners give us your, your thoughts on the Chris and Shanann Watts case, if you followed it. Uh, or if you haven't heard of it and you are going to like look at the videos that we have in the links and stuff like that, give us your thoughts. You know, if you, you have no interest in being depressed, just don't watch <laughs> it. Uh, watch Lake Mungo. And stuff. I mean, there there was three grown men here, and I think Lonnie was the toughest out of all of us. I don't think he had tears in his eyes or he got choked up a little bit. I was bit. just ready I, to fight somebody. I, I just, you know, it's it, it was a rough one. You know, at times we are going to do rough things like this because we're boundless and we're going to try to do different <laughs> things. Um but yeah, uh, message the Boundless Pod Trap Facebook page if you have any questions, any thoughts on this subject. We we'd like to start some segments where we could read some of your questions and thoughts on an episode. But you know, we're trying to get the 500 likes on our page. We're we're about, about close to 450, I think, or we're about 456 with last time I checked. 456. I, I help us. Uh, you know, it's 456 is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, of those 456 people, probably only 20 of them get to see our posts because of how Facebook analytics or whatever it is that they do. But the more we can get, the better. You know, I, I feel. You know, this is episode four. I think that we're we've hit a stride. I, I have had people message me and tell me that they like what we're doing and. That we flow very easily, and I'm not just talking about my sister, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're uh, we're starting out. We're um, um, we're, uh, we're we're starting out. We're getting better, I guess, at what yeah. we're doing. I think the, the flow is there. Justin's able to speak uh, fluent. I'm just kidding, Justin. Sometimes uh, the sentences. Uh, uh, you had something to add? I did. I got one one big thing to add. We haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, something really fun. So Jeremy came up with an idea. And he started to run with it and got me involved. And then we oh. got Justin involved, so, and we're getting a lot of other people involved. So, so we're going to try to make a shitload of movies. Yeah. So uh, I had, you know, we, we have time. I mean, we're, we're normally around like two hours and between two hours and five minutes, two hours and 20 minutes for each episode. People haven't complained yet. My sister hasn't complained yet. Uh, Paco hasn't complained yet. People um, make us three. But, three. You no, know, yeah, I had this idea, you know, I, I, my mind's constantly going, and, you know, I do a lot of things, and, you know, as it pertains to the now wrestling, the professional wrestling company I have, right now we're at a standstill with this whole COVID thing going on. It is not the right time to be putting on shows with numbers going up and stuff. So right now that's on halt. There's no plans anytime in the near future to do a show at this moment just because it's not safe. And, you know, we, we understand there's other promotions doing it. That's their call, their judgment call. I personally don't think it's worth risking the health of the wrestlers and fans. And we for, wish them luck. Show. I yeah, mean, we, absolutely. And good luck, everybody. I, I hope you sell out all your shows. I hope yeah. you have amazing shows. I wish the boys good luck. But be we, safe. We now have to be smart about things financially and with the decisions we make. So that's kind of on halt. And, you know, but with my idea was I wanted to start a, um, a streaming service for short films. And I did talk to a lot of filmmakers in the area and asked, told them the idea and seen if they had anything that they would like to submit to it. And it would be a free service starting out. Maybe once it got popular years down the line, you could make it 
like a five dollar monthly thing to get certain movies. But sadly, I was kind of disappointed in the amount of filmmakers that did not <laughs> reach back out to me. Basically, I had two reach out to me, and that's I messaged well over twenty of them. But so the idea then got to be okay. Like it's called sh- shorty films, which would stand for short entertainment films, but because they're all short films, shorty, that's a, ah, what your wife calls you shorty. when you pull your pants down, Justin, shorty. there's a, we're right back with the penis joke, shorty. but so I we thought, you know, don't, shorty, don't, don't, the, the, shorty don't. films would be what we do. And we just make a bunch of short films. Uh, I would write and direct a lot of them. I would write movies and bring in other directors to direct it. Lonnie is writing several uh, short films, which the couple I've heard are fantastic. Justin's always giving me ideas, so it's going to be very interesting. We're going to get several films under the uh, the belt, um, and then we will have a website where we will release them, because that's always the thing. Someone's like, where can I see your work? I don't have anywhere that I have my stuff out, like my feature films. Like one of them I signed the rights away to, so I can't even sell copies of it. But you can get a copy on Amazon for 50 bucks, 50 apparently. Fucking dollars. I wouldn't even really? pay half of that for my own film. And there's but, a fuck ton of them out So you can just you. give them away then. I can't I, sell I, it, right? I, 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 well, I don't even have copies to give away. But unemployed, I mean, that's. You know, I'm still working on getting stuff, copies made myself to give out to people, but. Short films, like I have like a few of them, but it's like they're not up anywhere. And this would just be a great way to be like, all right, this is the work I'm proud of. Like I've been in filmmaking for over 10 years now. I have good equipment. I have good connections. I've learned a lot. I have fantastic friends that I get to work with all the time on different projects. And this will just be a way to be able to do more creative stuff. Um, you know, the, the first one that I wrote, it's going to probably be about a 20-minute short film. Get a debut, some I'm, amazing actors. Yeah, I'm excited because I have the it's it's a there's only like three actors in it, and I have the main gonna two be cast. It? You know, sadly, Justin, you're not in this one. Although there is a part that's still open, you probably will be in it, but maybe not a speaking part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is a, is a first. But yeah, no, I've heard. I'm excited because this is this is a way to get some new faces out there, or faces people know, and just maybe give them different kinds of characters to play uh i'm excited about the two that i have cast for this you know one of them she's a young up-and-coming actress her name is sydney hendrickson yes uh she she uh kind of reminds me of a young elizabeth shoe but she uh she's been in a few things like i know she's been in uh faustus uh, magrivis's um stuck i think uh series that he does we're currently Um, working on something with her Revenge of the Roman Sorceress. Yes, and she, but yeah, she, and she was telling me about that and all the uh, training that she's going through, the choreography and stuff. But she's very, um, you know, she, she, I can tell. Like, I get good vibes from people, and like, I don't really audition for any of the projects I do usually. I kind of just go off like gut feelings and looks, and like this girl has to look for a babysitter in this thing, and I see a lot of characteristics that are like me like I, when I met with her and her parents to talk and stuff but I'm excited because the other day I talked with another guy I'm not going to announce his name just yet that's going to be hopefully playing the lead uh, we're going to meet this upcoming week definitely new to the to, to the filmmaking in this area but yeah it, it's just going to be a fun time to be able to just do what we all love and make movies bought a bunch of new equipment probably <laughs> 
probably shouldn't have spent money on some of these things that I did, but, you know, I always, Michael kind of made me feel this way, like, you might as well just buy it and have it. So you have it, and you don't have to rent or borrow from somebody. You just have it. So we do have a good sound system now, and I, I, I thank Lonnie, too, because one of the things on my wish list that was a little expensive, uh, this guy kind of... He- you bought Lonnie? Bought it. Yeah, I bought oh. Lonnie. Um, and uh, it, he's he keeps calling himself the the, the like PA, uh, but you know I, I don't. Huh? I don't like the uh, personal assistant, production assistant. I I don't like that assistant title as much as it's used in film because it just it makes it makes me feel like I'm higher than that on a platform I shouldn't be. Like I feel like we're all. You deserve it. On the same. Right? So uh, I keep trying to tell him. What if I called myself the DA? Director's assistant. I just don't like assistant because I don't think that I need, I don't think that I'm worthy of an assistant because I try to, what about the, I try to as much as I possibly can. DRHM. Refer, refer to it as our project, not my project because it's not. My project, because I'm not acting. You're the I'm only not, one who does this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just feel that you know, we we we're all on this. We all have the same passions, and that's the biggest thing about this is the people that are brought on board are people that I know have the passion for this and want to create something different. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody in this area. If you make a film, you make a film. That's a that's a what's the word I'm looking for? That's an achievement in itself. From whether it's like amazing professional quality or it's something shot with a small handy cam that looks like garbage, you made a movie, you made something that's it's saying something. So I just want to be able to make different things. You know, uh, our good friend Logan Davis said that, you know, with the movie Unemployed, he said that we took a lot of risks in that movie that a lot of filmmakers, not just locally here, but all around would not take. And I, I, I never thought of it that way, but I was like, yeah, looking back, it's like we did take some risks, and they did pay off. Um, I don't know of too many films around here that are, are, are anywhere that revolve around four guys that are showing their ass off and having uh, sex toys shoot out of their ass and in a scene. Spoilers. Like yeah, but they don't know whose ass. But but no, it, it's going to be fun. I'm glad you did bring that that up, the shorty films. Uh, I'm glad you're on board, Justin. You're obviously on board. I didn't even need to ask you. Um, but thanks, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, I'm the new the new script I'm writing. One of the characters I'm specifically writing around you. So okay, rabbit a poopy. What did it say? Do you have any like lame white guy ones? You've already <laughs> insulted my race and yours. What about mine? I'm Polish. I got this for you. <laughs> That's it. He's, for for the those listening, Michael is here, but he doesn't have a headphone on, so he can't hear. He played uh, Pearl Jam's Jeremy right there. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. So, no, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the shorty. For the, I, I can tell you are. It's uh, Hopefully we can get filming this first one as soon as possible. I, I, I'm working my butt off to try to find um, locations and, uh, you know, a special effects makeup team because this, this first one is kind of a horror-based one. It's going to have some blood and gut gore in it. Talking to my go-to special effects guy, but, you know, he's thinking about it. He's 
taking some time away from. He's always booked. He's he, maxed out. He is. I think he's he's enjoying the break that he's been taking. He deserves and, it. Absolutely. Uh, but I do. You know, I I want to reach out to other people. I'll have to reach out again to some of the people that I'm trying to get locations for. They're supposed to be sending me pictures, and every time I message them, they're like, I'll get it to you tomorrow, and then three days go by, and I still don't have the pictures. So that is one of the pains of filmmaking and trying to be prepared and get a production going is communicating with other people that it's not necessarily their top priority, which I understand, but... It just makes things a little bit difficult and takes a little bit longer. So, yeah. Dustin, do you have anything to add before we get going? Not too much. Just just this. That's it. Oh, <laughs> I know this song. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this was a rough one towards the end tonight, but still good times with everybody here. Um, yeah, well, this will be released. Uh, obviously, you're listening to it. It's July 20th, um, but... Our next episode will be released on August 3rd. That's episode 5, and that's going to be ran by Lonnie. Trains, trains, trains. Oh, gosh. We're going so, there. Uh, Choo-choo, motherfucker. So for uh, Justin and Lonnie and Michael, I am Jeremy. Sure you don't want to cut him off this time? And we will see Justin. you I was waiting. next He's time. Oh, he didn't say my name. I guess. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Join us next time for more absurdity that only the guys from the Boundless Pod Trap can bring you. 